to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast. I listen because Rod and Karen are hot. Mm. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Blackout Tips Podcast. I'm your host, Rod, joined as always by my co-host. Karen. And we're live on a Saturday morning, ready to do some feedback. That's where you leave us comments on things that we said throughout the week. And then we respond back to them. It's like a real good synergy. You get to get your voice heard. We feel heard and we feel appreciated. And you feel appreciated. That's how it works. Um, don't forget, the tickets for the live show live show we're doing it september 9th we are 3 p.m in the house 3 p.m at the night theater in uh downtown charlotte north carolina yes sir we love to see you there we love to see your faces in person um every day we get like an email we're seeing the tickets are selling uh we've sold uh, 117 tickets right now um you know uh and we appreciate y'all that are buying those tickets because it helps us look good and I'm getting excited now that I see the tickets numbers starting to go up. You know, it's uh, less than a month away. I'm very excited for the show. And, you know, I think we're going to have like some stickers and stuff to give y'all and all that type of stuff. So I think it's going to be a fun time. And I hope you come out and join us. Uh, the official weapon of the show is the, taser. the unofficial sport bullet ball. and bullet ball extreme extreme. And uh, yeah, you know what it is. It's feedback time, which means we're going to. Get right on into everything. We got a sponsor today. We'll get to the sponsor, uh, you know, later on in the show. But that's what we like to call a tease in the business, everybody. Oh, shit, now. Um, <laughs> but uh, the first people we always shout out are the people that went to our website, looked at the, you know, hey, do you want to donate to this thing? And said, I do want to donate. And we don't care what amount it is. You're going to get a shout out. That's right. New dollars, new hollers. Laura F., thank you very much for your donation. Latricia C., Cavis D., Chris from Hawaii, thank you, Chris. Tabitha M., April G., Corey Duticula, Alexis H., Wonga from Down Under, good day, mate. Tanya S., Marlon B., yes, Marlon B., Dostra J., Tiffany B., Shirley Wong, Esquire, please say the Esquire. She earned it. And Jasmine J, thank you, everybody, who took the thank time you. out to throw a little bit of ducats in our pockets. Yay. Yay. Now it's going to be a weird week because we have no YouTube because we couldn't upload anything to YouTube. So uh, the YouTube comments, we'll get to those maybe next week or something when all the videos are uploaded because it's going to take forever. <laughs> Shout out to YouTube. Y'all yep. going to get the comments. It's going to be a little late. That's okay. Until we get kicked off. Um, right. Eventually they're going to be like, we've had enough of y'all shenanigans. Uh, but we did get some five-star reviews, my favorite kind. We got two new ones. We love to see it. Um, FDB, FBTC which says one star these nuts i've been here since 2018 when the bad singing was great this is one of five podcasts on the planet worth listening to and that's an objective fact jack <laughs> rod cool and karen's downright hilarious y'all stay beautiful brilliant and black 
Cough the gosh. Thank you. 2018, Thank we love you, to see baby. it. You've been around a hot minute. Five years. Okay. Um, and yes, one star these nuts. Uh, <laughs> funny and intelligent voices about black culture. This is from Siruf, who says, I heard about Rod and Karen when they were on another podcast. Is this racist? And thought they were funny and intelligent and a different voice in the black community. Plus, the name of their podcast is funny. They got me through the pandemic. Come on. Oh, Come on. Thank you. And, and yeah, it's still a pandemic, but we know what you mean. We know what mm-hmm. you mean. And we support and respect that. We do. Uh, and thank you for the five-star reviews, everybody. Now let's get to the comments on the website and the comments on Spotify. Cook that up, bro, bro. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, all right. Comments on the first episode for the week, which was our feedback show, 2751. Racist? (laughs) Question mark? Yeah. It is. It is racist. I mean, is it racist? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We'll let you decide as a viewer (laughs) and a listener. Um, So we got uh, seven comments on this episode. Oh, shit. Y'all had something to say. Our boy Newsy writes in. With all the Lizzo drama, I can't help but think of this article that re-examines Madonna's Truth or Dare tour documentary from slurs to laughing at the news of one of her makeup artists getting robbed and sexually assaulted different times indeed. Yes. 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 This is what I'm talking about. And I think none of these people have ever lived up to the image. Like, part of what being a pop star is is about pr and image right it's fake like it's no person can be all the things any not whether it's beyonce whether it's lizzo whether it's uh michael jackson none of these motherfuckers can be everything they live up to be you really just hope they're not like horribly abusive terrible people but you know whether you're like promoting inclusion whether you're promoting diversity love self-love whatever you're going to fall short of that sh- shit because that image is like a perfect image. Mm-hmm. And the realities of what these people do for a living, you know, the grind, the nonstop fucking uh, work ethic and touring, mm-hmm. the uh, cons- consumption of these people, the amount of consumption they have to do. Like, it's going to end up, um, they're going to end up letting you down on some level. And there's so many people involved with this one person to make this one person see, get all the credit 
there's no fucking way every singer and every musician and every dancer's had a great time on all these fucking tours. I think the Lizzo thing is affecting people more, one, because we believe all accusations in the public, unless we like the people, we almost always believe them right away, period. That's, that's the new rules. Yeah, that's the new rules. It is what it is. Um, so, one, you got people that are just like, yep, she did it, period. They're not really... They don't really care about the details of it. They're not nope. looking into the details of it. Mm-hmm. And they're um, not. And uh, they want to kind of believe it. You you know, it's easy to believe it because it's like uh, no one's perfect and they did this shit. You know, it's, that's how it goes. Um, the other thing is we're in an era now where <clears throat> people's inner monologues are valuable in a way that they weren't before. So it, but in the past, there's been times where someone said I didn't like X person that everyone likes and, and I had a bad experience with them and we would be like shut the fuck up shut the fuck up we like this person we don't want to hear that shit now with social media with uh you know we all have our own inner monologues we all have our interpretations you know we kind of have like our feelings first millennial feelings we all are re-examining the diversity we experienced back in the day and the politics of back in the day and going oh that wasn't that cool, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I didn't even, like, this. I didn't read the whole article. It's on kqed.org. It's called Examining the Politics of Madonna's Truth or Dare 30 Years Later. And, yeah, it's 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 the, the thing for Madonna back then. To us, we were like, oh, look at Madonna. Her and her dance troupe, they go out, they party every night. Mm-hmm. Everyone's fucking lgbtq and they're just getting down and having a great time and blah 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 and at the same time that's a power dynamic of those people work for her Uh, agreed and 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 it's also the thing where only time will tell if this new generation is demanding this because you know i know people had wrote in last week it was like we're not understanding their perspectives going you know i think this is a change well if it's a change other i want to see this happen to other big acts for me to not try to funny believe that this generation is going to come in and make the sweeping change. Yeah, I think it wouldn't hurt. See, this has been my thing about it the whole time. I don't think if these things happen with another pop star, it would hurt their reputation nearly as much as as it hurts to to see Lizzo uh, as it would hurt Lizzo's reputation. I agree. Like I truly believe if these same dancers, the exact same lawsuit was with Rihanna. I feel like people would be like, what the fuck do you expect? It's Rihanna. Right. If you go out to the sex club with Rihanna, she's going to be doing sex shit. And keep in mind, people aren't really paying attention because they're saying shit like she made people eat bananas out of vaginas. She didn't actually. Um, even the person in the lawsuit that claims, oh yeah, she made, she was trying to force me, says I declined. And once again, I hate to keep reiterating this, but I'm imagining on her side, it was a fucking party. Lizzo's like, you're getting to hang out with me and we're having fun in the sex club. And there's so many things about that that I think are just rife for uh, wrong. Yeah. It's one of the reasons that I I don't, when I, even in, in when I was in New York, I don't kick it like that with my coworkers. I like them. I love them at work and stuff. Mm-hmm. But outside of work is a different dynamic. And at the same time, our relationship is a work relationship. So something can happen off the clock and it's going to affect what's happening in the building. It will. And you see it happen all the time. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why human beings are like this, but we are just messy like this. 
And I had coworkers that went out and did shit. You know, you have people that flirt or act like they're going right. to hook up or whatever. That's their Hey, business. good luck to them. I would good. never do that, you good know? Good luck to you all because when it goes wrong, it is a mess. Then all of a sudden, your company got to get involved. Like, it becomes, it becomes these other things mm-hmm. that other people are like, why are we fucking involved? This, this happened off the clock. And now you're sitting in front of HR because y'all brought the outside shit into our working environment, which these people don't give a fuck about y'all fucking, but you're impacting them. So now we actually got to give a fuck. Yeah, I agree. So anyway, not to rehash this whole thing, mm-hmm. but I, I I feel like you could do this with a lot of these. A lot. Lady Gaga had a similar thing happen years ago. I remember we were reading an article about her. Maybe it was in White People News, but it was like people saying like you know like oh she groped me or something like that and you're, and then when you describe what happened it's like they were at a sex club it was a party they were doing this that and you're like oh yeah because now people's inner mono like that's not a cool story anymore that's not a fun like look at lady gaga she's just having fun it's not that anymore for a lot of people it's this is what i don't like about you now you know right right because it's one of those things where we are all our own platforms now when before it was about the star and being around the star and it, you know, almost like a privilege and a right to actually get selected and get picked. And so it was like a big thing, you know, and it was almost like not trying funny. A lot of those people go, well, we have to quote unquote protect this star because the star is quote unquote making this money, blah, 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 blah. But now it's like, Hey, I don't have to do that anymore because all the other things that I may not, trying to be funny may not have been okay with all the time i can take that and be okay and actually become my own star be some separate or, or, or pull away from them and that's kind of a a dynamic change and switch that hasn't kind of always been there mm-hmm. and i think it's um it's the like you say people actually are hearing people's thoughts and ideas and and how they process things unlike never before and I can see if it's not already. I can see other people looking at at this. Lizzo going, "This is not happening to me." And I and the thing not. is, a lot of people already do operate like that, right? You know, like I remember when we did our first live show in Charlotte, and it was a pretty big deal. We had people get in hotels, and you know, it was a big deal. A lot of people came down. It was so fun, and you know. Um, people were organizing events, you know, around it. Like, hey, let's all go out to get something to eat. Let's go to the club. Let's do this. And a few people, like, invited us to hang out either after the show or whatever. And I said no to all of it. And I know at the time, you and Justin kind of both were on some like, well, really? Like, no? Like, well, you don't want to hang out? And this is why. Right. Because that's still a power dynamic and it's not, like... You don't really, these are not your friends in that way. They know you. You don't necessarily know them. Right. Things that you might be comfortable with that you would think they would be cool with because, hey, you know my reputation. They might not. So you go to the strip club and they got a completely different story. When I think about some of the nightmares I've seen on social media of yeah. like the bourbon ball yeah, that and shit, everybody. And that shit changed my mind. I remember when that shit popped off. I was like, ah, it, it was one of those things where it opened up my eyes to a lot of things. I was like, this is why and if we was to do something like this it would be very very controlled i I just i don't i'm not interested in doing that right i'm interested in doing my job doing a podcast doing a show 
you know, if it's a meet and greet, that's fine. But I'm right. not interested in like trying to blur these lines because Mm-mm. you don't know these people. And I'm not even, this is not to say people are liars or, or trying to get you. Right. It's just someone else's perception of the same event can be different. Yes, We've it seen can. it so many fucking times. And the way people discuss conflict in, in the social media era is to just fucking go with the worst version of it and go that's the truth the end i don't want to deal with that so it's not with the headache yeah and in the past there's been times where we kind of blurred the line between like friends and fans and stuff and sometimes it's worked out great and we've had great beautiful relationships on a one-to-one basis and a couple times been a fucking nightmare it has so i like i it so when i think of that i just think like lizzo's making one of those mistakes that i think a lot of people make which is we're all going to be friends. Mm-hmm. Well, it, I can't nice. be your friend because at the end of the day, if you don't do your job well, guess what I'm going to do? Fire you. Right. So how the fuck can we really be friends? That's not a real friendship. Mm-mm. You know, a real friend would care that this woman had an eating disorder and that's why she had some, uh, she wasn't performing well or whatever. No, nah, uh, this is my tour. I can't be like, guys, take it easy on my dancers tonight. One of them's going through something. No, you're off the tour until we get, we're going to get someone to replace you and move on. So right. I think that was a huge mistake for her. But um, Apio says about Jamie Foxx again, of course, people don't know about the meaning of an explanation in another culture they aren't familiar with, because how could they? I live in pretty much 99 percent white society with a terrible anti-Semitic past. People are very sensitive about it here. Same with other expressions in America. You can say gypsy as far as I know here. The German translation is a serious racial slur comparable to the N word. Uh, Never say it in Germany. And why the past and the Nazi regime and their actions? Yeah, and I don't really think people say it here like that unless um, they come from that culture. I'm I'm not really sure what the rules are. Like, it's kind of like the ones. This is kind of like the word "spaz," and where mm-hmm. black people have been using it in a way that's slang and all this stuff. Correct. But you have like we now are privy to people's inner monologues and their struggles and diversity and stuff, and so na- adversity and stuff, and so now seeing Lizzo and Beyonce told you can't say you spazzed out because it's offensive is something that in our culture was not seen that way. Right. Right. And I think, uh, gypsy is start is like that too. Where like, I, I'm, if I were to say that around 99% of people that I know, it would not ever be an issue. No. But because of the internet, I've heard that some people say it's bad to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't even know if, if gypsy is the thing that's bad to say. I know the term gypped is really bad to say or something. Mm-hmm. Either way, I just stay away from the shit because I don't want to cause no problems. And, I, and, I, and, I, and the difference I will say is it's definitely not like the N-word. You know, because you have to say the N word. I think what happens is nigger is a shortcut for so many other things that people will say. It's like the N word of this. And it's like, well, it's not because you just typed it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's clearly not because you would have said the N word. <laughs> yeah. So, so, but I get the point. Yes. It's, it's a shortcut to say you shouldn't be saying, saying this. It. You should not be saying it. So I try not to, I mean, I try not to say certain things, but I'm not going to lie. I'm not perfect. And nope. certain things like this that don't register with the same level of uh, whatever pushback in, in our society, I, I'll slip up and say them, but I, I never mean to offend, but it happens, you yeah, know? Yeah, that's not, that's, that's not the, 
the purpose behind it. Uh, and I do understand the culture differences and changes and things like that. And I understand a culture that has had a lot of shit robbed from them being upset because for some people that go, this is some more shit y'all taking away from us because y'all don't understand us. Y'all just come here swooping. You done took everything else. Now you won't take languages that don't, you know, mean slurs that don't mean the, not slurs, but, 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 but words that don't mean the same thing just because you don't understand. So I can see why some people just, just get upset about it. You know, you still need to go and evolve, but I understand that initial thing of being, well, God damn. Yeah. To me, it's just, I mostly don't care. And that's not in a mean way, but. Mm-hmm. When I say I don't care, I didn't care to... I'm not trying to be offensive, so I don't mm-hmm. want to hold on to something that's offending people right. for the most part. The only time I really bristle is when people start pulling up the N-word thing because I'm like, everything's not the N-word, and I do think you're doing yourself a disservice by trying to make everything the N-word because it's not the same playbook. Like, right. you know, people be like, you can't say this because I'm like, well, there's an actual fucking term for that. There's no version of the N-word that's not meaning a, a racial slur. Like, right. there's no version of it. So, like, if you were to say, um, I don't know, some, for example, if somebody would say, you know, I don't use the word crazy or whatever. I'm like, crazy's not the N-word, and you're never going to get people to do that. We already have a C-word. It's cunt, and people still use that shit. So, do. I don't even know what to tell you. Um, I do consume podcasts from other countries to learn more about the world. Imagine someone from another culture saying or doing something that is a dangerous area in America, and he meant it in a harmless way. I try to find an example that isn't so extreme. Maybe someone from another country using cotton flowers to decorate a house. This might get this person in trouble, and them saying, as I ask 100 people from my culture, it's harmless, has nothing to do with them trying to insult black people, wouldn't really help. I mean, it wouldn't really help if you were talking to certain people, but if you're talking to me and Karen, which you are, it would help. We're not them people. So I think a large part of what we do here is to to go through the nuance and be like, this is the way this thing is constructed, right? So, um, for example, I, I feel like we give as much consideration to a Will Smith as we do a Lizzo as we do, right. you know, we do guest race or, I mean, fucking with black people and something seems overtly racist and we kind of go into the details and go, nah, serving fried chicken during Black History Month is a racist and here's mm-hmm. why. So I do understand what you mean in that mm-hmm. there are groups, contingents of people that would be mad and wouldn't care about the context. We're not those people and we don't really agree with those people, so no. fuck those people. <laughs> Come on. Uh, just to make it clear, I didn't need any apology from Jamie, but it was good that he said it wasn't in an anti-Semitic way. I was, I really wasn't sure at first. Yeah, and not, and once again, Jamie Foxx, a lot like what I was saying earlier. If I wasn't trying to offend you, I'm not going to hold on to yeah, it. And it's not worth the fight. It's just, it's just, it's, it's people's defense mechanism kicks in, right? And then you you lash out at the person as opposed to going, hey. When I said I didn't care and it doesn't really, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. Then I'm then I'm willing to back off of what the fuck I said because it's just I didn't care in the first place. Right. There's no ego about this. Cool, you you think I'm in it a different way? I don't. I didn't. I, that's all I can say. If you decide that you're gonna take it the worst way and you don't give a fuck about the context, nothing I can do. Nothing I can do about that either. Right. But I can only tell you I didn't mean it the way you think I meant it, and I gotta move the fuck on with my life. Uh, Apia says one more. Most people who are underserving 
who are undeserving called a genius are white men like elon about iggy and the letter most murderers don't murder everyone they meet in fact most of them just murder one person still very bad so the saying he was cool with me isn't really saying anything it ain't it ain't it's not like a lot of other shit when when, like with with people like you say serial murder serial rapist and all this that people come out to work well he didn't rape me Oh, oh you're not saying nothing actually they don't attack most people around them yeah, I've I've just always and the thing is, if they didn't do it to you, they didn't. And if right. that's your story, that's your story. And if that's your experience, that's your experience. I'm not saying you can't share it, Mm-mm. but it's very interesting to me when people go, "This wasn't my experience with him," i.e., how could it be anyone's experience? That's crazy. And I Agreed. feel like it's like I always said, if I found out like something horrible happened, and if my brother or my dad or somebody was you know revealed to be you know some evil serial killer or something right i'm not doing any interviews or Mm -hmm. if i do an interview i gotta tell you hey i'm compromised this is my fucking brother i i don't i can't tell you with some unbiased opinion of like well the dna said he did it i'm probably gonna be fucked up mentally and be like right trying to figure out some way that in, in my mind to rationalize it just don't talk to me I'm not the That's person to I talk feel. to, you know, if, if my, if, if a friend did some like horrible fucking crime and was like, I need you to write a letter on my behalf to the judge, I might write that letter on their behalf, but I'm, I don't think I can say like, Hey man, you always been cool with me. I don't think I, I, I don't got it in me. You probably don't want me to be the person to write that letter. Mm-mm. Cause I'm going to be the one that's like, yeah, so he did that shit. I hope you don't throw the book at him. I hope he can be redeemed uh but i'm not gonna say something i can't believe he's probably innocent i'm not gonna say it lakita says y'all i'm so used to listening live that white lady talking during the commercial startled the shit out of me laugh my ass off <laughs> i thought i somehow changed it to a different podcast get y'all money and start dave Chappelle hugging his money yeah well what's interesting is we don't know which white lady you're talking about because the ads are tailored to you they they are uh when i uh listen here uh, you know, because I'm in Charlotte. So next thing I know, I hear commercials for the Charlotte Douglas Airport. I hear commercials for, you know, the Hornets. So so whoever it is, it's like local, for the for the local Walmart. So when y'all hear these commercials, they're normally uh, around your surrounded areas, like car dealerships and, and things near you, you know. They'll be like, yeah, Geico, Charlotte, North Carolina. And they go, 704, blah, 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 blah. And so uh, we don't know which white lady you heard. Yeah, my question is, how is this the first time you're hearing a commercial? All right. So I guess you must listen. You must always be in the chat room. And shout yeah. out to you. Shout you out re- to you. You real for that. Sean says, I was thinking as an educator, should propaganda you be using education? And I'm thinking the answer may be possibly. I mean, propaganda you is useless for teaching history or civics or 99% of subjects. However, they're really useful for teaching media literacy. Breaking down portions of the videos to show how propaganda and misinformation work could actually be useful. Everybody needs to get their bullshit detectors updated as newspapers lose subscribers, television news shifts, the punditry over journalism, and social media is a festering swamp of the darkest depths of worse people's minds. Media literacy should be a larger priority in education and examples of such despicable, ludicrous, and malicious forms of propaganda. Propaganda you could be useful to inoculate and educate students. So I'm going to go against the grain and say, yes, teachers should use propaganda you in their class, but that they should use it to help students develop the ability to see through the thin veil of fuckwittery for what it is. 
unadulterated propaganda, indoctrination, brainwashing, and misinformation. Sorry for the long post. I did cut it in half, but we'll try to make it shorter in the future. No apology needed. But uh, I will say, like, I feel what you're saying, but um, to me, I feel like you're going around about in it because we all would be happy with media literacy classes being taught but we know that's not what they're going to use propaganda you they're not going to yes. use nope. that shit for that they're going to just hit play on the video and then tell the kids that's what it is it's kind of, it's similar to my joke about the reason i think all kids should get to be told that santa claus is real is because to me when you realize that santa claus is a lie you realize two things one uh your parents will lie to you and two it was my first inclination that mm, maybe this religion thing is fake you know because it's like mm, this this fairy tale never really made sense anyway i'm happy for the toys <laughs> but the toy. everybody was lying and everyone was <laughs> acting like it was real and they ain't tv shows and everything and we had to pretend it was real even after I found out it was fake, I pretended it was real for a couple more years to get them toys. And I was like, oh, maybe maybe that maybe there's a lot of things like that. You know, maybe religions like that. Maybe politics can be like that. Maybe some of the social bullshit that we're taught about being a man and stuff is like that. Where everyone's just on the plan, living a lot, and then you start make questioning things. And I think there's something good about learning to question everybody. Uh, because it makes you curious and makes you, uh, you know, learn more. Tanya W42 says, man, that sibling retribution is sweet. When a neighbor kid, neighborhood kid was throwing rocks at me at my school bus stop, a few days later, my older sister tripped him and he completely wiped out. I'm not a fan of violence, but <laughs> I felt that that was justified. <laughs> not wiped out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, listen, you know, the job as the older sibling, you gotta, you gotta take up for your younger sibling. It is what it is. Um, all right, the poll. Have you seen Beyonce live yet? Yes or not yet? Well, obviously, yes for me and Karen. Yeah, yes. 32% on our website have. 68% not yet. Uh, 19% yes on Spotify and 81% not yet. And I thought the Spotify people had money for the tickets, but it might be she just hadn't come to their town yet. That or they always working. So I bet she came to the town. They were just they just couldn't couldn't schedule the time off work. I doubt it because they some ballers, and if they want to get the time off, they can get it. When you, uh, okay, when you the okay. CEO, you don't you don't you don't put in PTO. I'm, like I'm sorry, people. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Y'all make y'all own schedule. I forgot about that. I'm sorry. Yeah, she just ain't came to your town. The Q and A was happy fiftieth birthday, hip hop. Happy birthday to me, says Magnificent Breeze. I am also, I'm going to stop polling while driving. This is the second time I picked the wrong answer. I saw Beyonce and ATL and she gave me a B-Day shout out. Yeah, y'all, yeah, don't poll while driving. Come on now. <laughs> Please don't poll while driving. Sydney says 82% not yet. Yeah, not yet. Uh, it's Toy says hip hop hooray. Mucho Mama says hip hop, you the love of my life. Quee says, not uh, me throwing it in a circle on the theme for doing it for the gram. Yes. We going to do it for the gram again today? Mm-hmm. I did. I did. I remember to ask a question. Yay. Um, let's see. Either Ad, Adabola says, either something happened with my phone or y'all got some new equipment because y'all sound good. We did get some new we mics. We did got some new mics in a, in a pop filter thingy over it. Raphael says, happy anniversary to the greatest music genre in the world, Dictators, Tyrants, and 
10 pot baby men have tried to kill it to no avail my deluxe album brooklyn nigga oh wait brooklyn nuga drops only on vinyl get it now james says happy 50th birthday hip-hop now excuse me while i play the hip-hop classes such as shame on a nuga and suck a nuga um <laughs> micah says i used to love her i still do uh one of my favorite songs yeah carrie says raw not raw <laughs> melly mail voice <laughs> <laughs> melly mail oh man all right let's go to the next episode it is episode 2752 get you a gladys we had chris lamberth on this episode yes we Yay. got three comments newsy says ariana ariana grandy as i call her ariana has one of my favorite hoe anthems break up with your girlfriend because i'm bored when people tell you about the, I'm bored. that's hilarious when people tell you about themselves believe them right it was right there on the wall she ain't had to cause it so say us she she didn't have to code switch or nothing she's like i this is exactly what i meant i'm this is what taking i people's to. i'm taking people's mans because <laughs> i can yeah y'all knew what it was <laughs> um but yeah uh break up with your girlfriend i'm bored that's what she did i guess wife actually she should make a sequel to it <laughs> break up with your wife update it i'm bored um rah. The, <laughs> eve says that utah man wanted all the smoke and he got it along with several bullets up his ass i don't even remember the utah man but we must have talked about somebody that that got oh the nigga that wanted to kill Joe Biden. Man, what was he thinking? Come on now. Come on, man. You don't know how this... Come on, Jack! As, as Joe Biden would say. Cut the malarkey. Cut the malarkey! You, <laughs> come on now. Oh, man. Uh, uh, I guess it's supposed to be sad, but I feel like if you want to kill the president, you get killed first. That's on your ass. <laughs> Ain't it, though? Heavyweight says, shout out to the secret Walmart. I was in Austin for DreamCon last month. Needed to grab a few things. Found one nearby. It's a whole different experience. Yes, it is. A whole new world up in there. It feel like you done snuck into a Target. You're like, what the hell? I'm not the Target. I ain't never been to a Walmart with customer service. Right? Like real customer service. I walked into this one Walmart that, that looked like a barn on the outside of some shit. Mm-hmm. And first thing happened a big booty woman came up to me in a walmart jacket asked did i need help i said is this heaven what the fuck <laughs> what portal did i step through the, is this earth too <laughs> all the carts work this shit they would right. they wouldn't make it all that noise or swinging to the left for the tie of the tide turning what the hell this is not like the walmarts i grew up with Mm-mm. okay I'm they used to lock you in there like a herd of cattle it wasn't nobody in the parking lot soliciting or nothing right it was wild. Um, all right. Then we got the poll. The poll is, are you good at shoplifting? Yes, Noah. I've never done it. I am terrible. I did so it. So you have shoplifted before? When I was a kid. My first and only and last time. I never did that bullshit again. Um, I was a kid. And this was years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, this mall, not even over at Freedom Mall. They used to have this store in there called Peoples. For sh- sh- shout out to the old people who know what the fuck a Peoples is. Mm-hmm. But uh, we was in there one time, and I had worn it like these old school. They were star necklaces, and you linked them together, and they like went around your neck, and mm-hmm. like, you know, nineteen eighties. So you know, they were fucking neon colors and shit like that. And so, me and my cousins w- was there, and I had worn it. One of my aunt, you know. You know, old black people like, I'm not buying that bullshit. 
And so what had happened was like, I was like, well, then, you know, I was like, I'm going to take it. What happened was I stuck it in my pocket. And what happened is one of the stars hung on the outside of my pocket. But, you know, I'm a kid. I didn't see that. And so what happened was I don't remember if my aunt saw it or the cashier saw it. And she was, my aunt was like, what is that sticking out of your pocket? She was like, I told you no, blah, 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 blah. She like apologized to the lady and stuff like that. And, 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 and I'm glad it was back then. Cause nowadays everybody would have went to jail. Cause you know, they, mm-hmm. they, they, they don't see that children do stupid shit. And sometimes the parents ain't always got them involved. Children are dumb. But, um, but anyway, uh, uh, from there, my aunt, she embarrassed me so bad. I've never done this again. She made me every single solitary pocket I had from my coat pocket to my pants pocket to my members only jacket to everything. She made me turn every pocket inside out and was like, you going to walk around like this for the rest of the day. She said, because I don't want no problems. She was like, I'm not going to jail for you. And I was so embarrassed. And my cousins and stuff laughed at me and everybody was looking at me weird like, why are your pockets turned in tied out? Bitch, lesson learned. So, you know, when people say shit is stolen out, I, my mom and them know I didn't steal the shit. Well, thank God you didn't have a Michael Jackson jacket with all them zippers. You would have had, that would have been turning out pockets all day long. All damn day long. We'd have been at 30 <laughs> minutes, me turning up pockets. Well, I've never, I've never shoplifted before, which, uh, like, I don't know why. I just, I, I mean, I don't know. I just never did it. I I was like, I can't afford it and I can't have it and I'm not going to take it, you know? That, that's I think, that's I think when I was a kid, maybe I probably tried to steal something or something, I'm sure. But my mom or somebody would have, like, cut that shit out. So Yeah, that, that's what happened. I, I don't think I've ever shoplifted. And and, and, and one time it was uh, by accident, that CD thing from the Best Buy. That's not shoplifting. You didn't mean to do it. No, I didn't mean to. I panicked. Shoplifting to me, it has to be on purpose. If Uh, you just, just, that's like, if if Wendy's accidentally put an extra fry in your bag, you didn't steal fries. No, I did not. That doesn't count. Um, But 29% of our audience said, yeah, they're good at shoplifting. 40% says, no, they're not. You hate to hear it, but how'd you find that out? And 31% have never done it. And similar on our website, 19%, um, I mean, on Spotify, 19% are good, 44% no, 37% have never done it. And the Q&A, Ariana Grande wrecking homes. Uh, Sydney says, baby, that poll, is you the feds? Who needs to know? <laughs> Girl, this shit anonymous. I don't know why I got to know. Um, <laughs> Ain't nobody We doing got... science over here. We not snitches. <laughs> we not snitches. And it's also, I think, uh, for for me, it's just uh, one of those things where I'm like, because I remember when I was uh, at, at home, it was me and my mom and my cousin, and I was sleeping when I woke up. Uh, my uh, cousin was gone. His daddy came pick them up. My cousin was gone. My mama had a birthday card, and I didn't know she had one in the birthday card. And so she was like, uh, Karen, she was like, did you steal? I was like, mm-mm. I was like, child, you know me. I don't take shit. Come find out my one of my uh, cousins had uh, took the buddy. And uh, he, she, <laughs> my mama was like, I know you took that buddy. He, and she, and uh, he was like, Karen took it. And she was like, Child, I know you lied, cause child, he was, he was like, he was like that girl, that girl went to. Mm. In fact, I be returning shit, and my thing is, I'm always scared I'ma go to jail. I'm scared of getting locked up. I'm scared of handcuffs. 
I'm scared of bitty clubs. I'm scared of all that bullshit. I like my freedoms. I like to move around. So, no, I, I, I was like, mm, if I can't afford it, that bitch got to stay there. I better put that shit on layaway till I can get the change for it. Like, I, 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 I would be a terrible criminal. That's why I would be like, a, a, a Americans, a world's dumbest criminal. I would be on there. So that's why I don't steal. I'm, I'm, I'm not smart. I would get nervous and tell on everybody. Uh, I don't know about Ariana, but hey, Chris, I'm a young 35-year-old lady with old lady tendencies. Says Leash. So Chris Lambert, I don't know if you're listening, but Leash out here on these streets. You want you want to know what's up? Ah! Uh, Ignacio says, and I'm looking at her picture of her avatar. I think she's pretty cute. So Chris, come on now, well, <laughs> get you some old lady tendencies. Uh, Ignacio says, folding chair justice recipient had me dying. What kind of Le- Leonard brother shit was that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that must have been one of the guest races. Uh, that's hilarious. Um. All right, let's go to the next episode, uh, episode 2753, Coca-Cola with the cocaine in it. This is when we reviewed the Beyonce concert, Renaissance. Ramsey D. Jenga says, five stars and good morning. I am co-signing with Karen about big, sexy French toast. If the restaurant does not use Texas toast bread or brioche to make French toast, I don't want it. I don't want it. It's just something about it is light. It's fluffy and it sops it up. It sops all the all the maple syrup up. Child, you can dip it in shit. I'm hip for it. Karen's commentary throughout the Renaissance tour with Chef's Kiss. I co-signed with Rod about Beyonce doing Before I Let Go. That homecoming version is everything. I'm glad white women knew their place because Renaissance is for dancing, love, unity, and partying. Yeah, and I'm not even saying I'm not the type to have been mad if they would have threw the fist up. I would have noted it though. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not stupid. <laughs> <Do you> know, <laughs> just because i don't move the anger as fast as other people don't mean i don't be seeing yeah, like don't mean i don't this is this i should be mad about this but um they but it was dope that they knew i'm not on front it I, I i didn't expect them to know and i didn't even know beyonce was throwing up that fist after that song so she threw it up i threw it up everybody around threw it up them three white women was like we know not to do that and i said okay white women i'm not dapping you though don't look at me even ah! says Love to recap of the concert event. What would you say was your favorite song of the night? The one that got you the most hype, Karen? Oh, uh, Formation. That's one. That's one of my. Uh, I love all her songs, but uh, it's just something about that boom, boom, boom. I just, mm. I, I, I absolutely love that song. Yeah, Formation was definitely one. Um, man, there's, first of all, <laughs> you're asking me to pick. <laughs> I, I just. I'm just saying, if you had been there, you know this is impossible. Because it was because like a melody. every motherfucking song, like, oh, my God. It was partition. Every There's like 90 of these that mm-hmm. I could have picked. I'm going to say for me, though, is Love on Top. And it's because of that moment when she literally stops everything turn like the mute, like the music is gone. She She's not singing anymore. And it's yeah. all acapella, and it's just us in the in the, the crowd, crowd. Yes. singing it at the end. You know, it's you. You're the one that I love. You're the one that I need. I know and it's just going like around. a minute and a half straight. And it was just, yeah, it was so long, and no one ever stopped. And, mm-hmm. it like, it didn't die out. Like, it just stopped because she said it was time to get back to the show. Right. And I felt like that's what we were all there for, to celebrate and feel together. And everyone knowing the words and enjoying it and uh you know being fans of beyonce so 
to me that was the one was for that because because like that doesn't even come to the end of the song and ah uh, that was great that was my that was my favorite feeling of the night probably mm-hmm. uh lay love says i was waiting on you guys review because i knew you'd have a ball i admit that i'm not the biggest beyonce fan but i knew that snagging some ticks was a great opportunity to bond with family members i went with uh we went a few nights after you did at the atlanta show where she declared us the winners of the mute challenge yeah i've seen a lot of people contesting that uh Yo, and it finally happened. Uh, I think our girl Kim Doc sent me on Instagram, um, in my DMs or whatever, a, a reel of uh, somebody fucking, they were doing the mute challenge, and somebody actually fucking went upside somebody's head. Like, because <laughs> pe- people are taking that shit seriously. They was like, you need to be quiet. Like I called that shit. I said it would happen. I was like, people serious. are taking it too serious. It's supposed to be a fun thing right. that we're all supposed to be like vibing to. Mm-hmm. And um like somebody like fucking went at somebody over the mute challenge and then was like, Come on, man. Like, you know this ain't what the fuck it's supposed to be about, but right. everybody's been, you yeah, know everybody been today, everybody been like taking that shit like I, you know, hearts. I was telling Nick Jew on Twitter, I was like, yo, they took they they're fucking it up, basically. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, let me see if I can play this for y'all. This this is it. Cause this is supposed to be the I think the during the mute challenge. <laughs> Cause somebody fucked up the mute challenge. That's crazy. What's wrong with y'all? Right now you gotta get security involved and shit. Right. What? Like that was not the spirit of the Beyonce concert we supposed to be. So I know everybody want to be hood and this and this somehow super black to beat people up and shit at a concert. But nigga, we supposed to be having a good time. That is not the vibe of Renaissance. <laughs> What's wrong with you? What's wrong with y'all? You niggas are crazy. I wish I would pay all that fucking money for them tickets to beat to go fight somebody. Shout out tickets was too much money. I'm not going to lie. Y'all wild as fuck for that, man. Anyway, back to this. Um, uh, 20 out of 10 would do it again. I heard her say at some point during the night that y'all are the visuals. So I'm thinking she going to put footage together, release a DVD or a streamer which she like she did for Beachella. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I think so, too, because yeah, she had cameras rolling around at our show, too. All of, well, I was, yeah, all, all of them, but I, I even saw, like, a video of, like, Rumi, I think it was Rumi, Rumi and Blue f- recording her mm-hmm. on their phones, and I wonder if, like, I was like, oh, I wouldn't put it past Beyonce, because y'all know how she do. She be in control of all her materials, all her videos, all, all that stuff. She owns it, go in the vault. I wouldn't put it past her to finish this tour, put out a visuals that is the tour, and mm-hmm. and it's just she could do it if anybody could do it she could do it at any rate i'm sliding my coins to the side so that i'm ready for renaissance part two tour this show was a joyful uplifting experience that i didn't know we needed much love to y'all as always thank you and i think out of uh you talking about my favorite song which was formation but i think my the thing that got me the most excited i'm not even gonna lie was when the board lit up and you know you started seeing like all the graphics and stuff and like her her full uh figure popped up and particularly when she first came out i cannot explain the energy every literally everybody just jumped up to their feet and it was just like electrifying 
just to be like, okay, bitch, we all about to experience this together. Because like me, a lot of people probably had their tickets months ago and, and motherfucking been counting down. So, you know, they've been waiting, you know, to get up in here. They was like, look, I didn't get these LED cowboy hats and, and, and sleigh fans for nothing, bitch. So, you know, let's go. Yeah, I think for me, it the most hype moment is I easily when Blue came out and danced. So yeah, I, I don't even like think it's close. Um, but but song, it was it was love on top for me. It was that, that moment, I'll never forget that moment. It was just so beautiful. And I saw a video on Twitter of someone that wasn't at the concert that was in like a hotel or their apartment or something, their loft close to downtown, mm-hmm. and they were recording the audio of that moment and you could literally hear it from the stadium everyone singing love on top it was so oh, beautiful I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. it was beautiful um so <clears throat> last comment dj says cue the karen be knowing music <laughs> i be knowing because all right let me first of all let me pour it up um <laughs> uh, here you go hey So um, he says, because getting a room near the event was no question the right way to go. Got a quick testimony. I'm only 45 minutes from Detroit, and I was uh, it was full heart attack mode until me and my cousin got into the pre-show dinner. Uh, I got up on time, needed gas, got to the station, had forgotten my car, ran back home. By the time I got to the second station, Twister decided to do a reboot in the city. The wind and rain were, were ridiculous, and I had to go to pay in my... Go in to pay in my freshly done lace wig. I cursed the devil out in many many languages in my (laughs) head and declared an Arya Stark devil not today before getting back home and ready. Hold on, not over. As I'm scooping up my cousin, my mom calls my aunt's house asking if she had any ear meds. Turns out my son still hadn't shaken his earache and I had given him meds for earlier at that his summer program bus was extra late that day so we swooped back around the corner to my house and meet them handed him a bottle then jumped out of the on the, jumped on the highway storm had already stopped but there were orange menace cones uh slowing down spots in michigan then jesus the tigers decided they just had to have a game the same day oh no no one want to wait for over 40 innings to end we going to see the queen <laughs> The traffic was just slow creep for miles, and the closer you got, and the police direct directing didn't help. We couldn't get to the garage closer to the dinner area, so we spent around an hour in that situation. But Mother Oshun, the ancestors, ally, whatever you want to call it, was looking out because we got into a garage right near a stadium entrance on the other side. My ticket said the show started at 7.30, but after listening to you guys, I realized that likely wasn't exact. They let the food stay out longer than planned. It was pretty delicious, by the way. We ate, and then we heard cheering, hurried to our seats. It was a long wait, but fully worth it. We got our whole blessing and vowed to get a hotel nearby next time. Absolutely. Like I said, being overprepared is is better than being underprepared. And uh, my only thing was not should we get a hotel room. It was really like two nights. We probably only need one, you know. But once again, not a problem you know what i mean like then we just have two nights and it, and we'll 
y'all can do whatever y'all want to uh the whole day and I'll, i'm gonna stay out the way you know and that's mostly just about my the way i handle my anxiety it has right. nothing to do with care really i think yeah you know it's it was better to be prepared than not yeah that was just my over excitement and 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 you know like i said it, it, like you say anxiety creates scenarios in your head that may or may not be real and my was just like girl you're gonna get up you're gonna be stuck in traffic and you're gonna miss the show and my mind was like fuck no get get a hotel uh have you been to see beyonce uh to a beyonce concert yet i feel like i we did this one already but i guess i was so excited we did the poll twice we asked again <laughs> Yes, but this time we added an extra category. So yes, 24%, not yet, 52%, and then I don't plan on going, 24% said they don't even plan on going. And on Spotify, similarly, 24%, yes, 44%, not yet, 32% do not plan on going. So that new category does change the poll a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> all right, now let's get Beyonce owes us nothing is the Q&A. Joy says, I saw her in Tampa with my bestie for my birthday. The amount of black boy and black girl Joy witnessed made my heart swell. It almost made me forget how fucking hot it was. It was hotter than Satan's balls. Shady Dame says, I got my tickets. Hubby got tickets for me and my bestie for my birthday. Aww. Jane says, Coca-Cola with the cocaine in it is a hell of a beehive drug. <laughs> Four B emojis. Uh, Blair says, that's a big thong, LOL. I don't know what that's about. What's the big thong about? Mm -hmm. I don't remember. Find I'm sorry. Said. Did somebody had a big butt. I don't, I don't know. Probably did. Um, I, I was also at the Charlotte Beyonce concert. It was my first time seeing her. Listening to y'all, you all recap the concert it was so much fun. I'm still on a high from that night. Yes, Nicole. Okay. Sydney says this concert was a seamless experience. Charlotte did a great job managing the crowd. Rod, we love a throw it in the bag. Kane, Karen, you better curate the perfect experience on this on his dime. We love to see it. <laughs> I tell you, I'm trying to tell you, child, because it was one of those days where I was like, I've been, I've been saving my ducats since the beginning of the pandemic. Me and your mama been talking about this for like two to three years. I thought, I promised your mama, I said, soon as the tickets go on sale, I was like, I'm in the house. Yeah, so like I said, I still don't know how much it costs. I didn't look. I just hit the <laughs> hit the full pay button on the card and said it don't it don't, don't matter. That poll credit card was smoking because cause like I say the the my anxiety. I bought the tickets, then I immediately turned around and bought the hotel immediately too because I was like, oh bitch, the rates gonna go up. Like 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 right. I, my anxiety the hotel was in full hotel sweet. downtown two nights for two two rooms. You know, but it don't matter, man. You're only going to get to see Beyonce once every X amount of years. Come on. And I wanted to be there, too. So uh, I'm seeing Beyonce on her, on her birthday in L.A. I'm so excited. Oh, I know she's finna put on the motherfucking show. Mm -hmm. Nelson says, uh, some context to cover her, to her cover before I let go. You got to remember the block was a little hot because Taylor Swift did that terrible cover of September. Once cooler heads prevailed, it was all good. Yeah, I do remember people was shitting on that. Um but I don't, man, I, I they don't have nothing to do with Beyonce to me. I also just think people was in a place of just trying to pick on shit. You know, this ain't better. I can't believe she did this. I'm like, we're why do y'all think a cover is supposed to be about making a better version of the song? Sometimes it happens, but most of the time it don't. It's just right. paying homage to some some shit that you love as an artist right. and respect and putting your spin on it. But it's not like. Hey guys, I'm replacing Frankie Beverly and Maze. Hey, I'm Taylor Swift. I'm replacing Earth, Wind, and Fire. I think 
in a more I don't know in a in a different type of environment people would understand the appreciation that's supposed to come from it and not even if it's not as good because I also don't think Taylor's September version is that good to me but it's a Taylor Swift version like it sound like right. Taylor Swift version Correct. I was not offended by it I was like the way that niggas be getting carried away with the Taylor Swift shit Dorina says my first time seeing her was with Renaissance here in Barcelona she pulled my ass all the way out of the depression I've been in best show of my life I danced so much the queen for real I hear you girl that's some, that's some power pull you out of <laughs> depression god damn uh, Tiffany says I'm a broke Spotify listener Fifi says, I took my daughter to see Beyonce and Jay-Z in 2014 for her 16th birthday. It was her first big concert. I still had the t-shirt. I don't think I can afford to go now. Shame. Uh, Micah says, B dropped Lemonade and we all got free HBO for that weekend. She did Coachella with the black ass HBCU theme and killed it. If we talk about nostalgia, Beyonce is the greatest entertainer of all times. I remember that uh, when she did uh, 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 the uh, Coachella thing and uh uh because uh, i was up like i actually stayed up and watched it and all jokes aside it was one of the few times that it reminded me of how twitter used to be this did been a few years ago but twitter had kind of changed a little bit and i don't think she came on like this close to like th- two or three in the morning or something like that and uh, it was like a bunch of people who literally just stayed up for us, us, up like this, us in the night shift people, tweeting and partying and just having a motherfucking good time. That that show was great. That show was outstanding, and it was very uh, fun to hear. And I remember the act that was on before her. Boy, people were complaining. People say, like, "I don't give a fuck about you. Get off the stage. We're here to see Beyonce." That's probably why she didn't have an opening act. She was like, "Ain't no reason me to bring opening act for people to get mad to David Hill." <laughs> um. Then let's see. We did the poll. I think that's it for this one. Yeah. 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 Okay. So. Uh, before we go to the next one, let me put a little music in here so we can get this uh, money, and we'll come right back. Now that I'm a recharge from all that people in and shit, man, I'm really looking forward to the live show. I really think I it's going to be fun. It's going to be a good time, y'all. I've been, the, the countdown is on. I'm really excited. I'm excited about seeing the people. I'm excited about, you know, everything's going to happen, you know, because we've kind of got a lot of the preparation kind of out the way. So I'm very excited. We're going to have gifts and out front. They're going to have all types of events. So come early so you can participate in all the outside events. It's going to be happening right in. There's a beer garden. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of like they got a bunch of stuff going on for that comedy festival. Yes. Yeah. I say get there early. Get you a couple drinks in you. Mm-hmm. And because uh, like that's the other thing inside the venue. I don't think they'll open up the bar unless we like sell this shit out like right. Kev on stage did, which guys we're not going to yeah we're not and that's going fine to. yeah but there will be beer and refreshments and stuff outside and mm-hmm. i say get there early an uh, hour or so get you some drinks in you and come on in and let's have fun um all right 
QAnon versus Blue and I, episode 2754 is the next one. Um, we got a bunch of comments, like six comments. Uh, let's see. Appia says, I know in general the weather gets dry, but not here this year. It rained every day for the last six weeks. No joke. I like to dry my laundry outside and it was impossible. Everything is wet, but at least the vegetation is extremely green. The groundwater levels are increasing a lot. Overall, it's good. But it's also interesting to hear about the fear of dryness everywhere and literally getting rained on every day. Yeah, we. that's the thing. I feel like the weather is so much a crisis now because of global warming mm-hmm. that um, we're all just like, even when you're doing well or you're getting something it's fucked up somewhere else. Yeah, and people underestimate global warming because we're getting, like, uh, they talk about rain. It's actually raining more. It, we, every year for the past few years, it's been a record-breaking summer. It was high last year, broke the records. They said this summer going to break the records. For rain? Not for rain, for, oh, for heat. okay. But I was talking about global warming. Like, it causes rain. It causes, you know, sometimes drought and things like that because it's warmer. So it causes, you know, clouds and things like that, which causes more storms and things like that. Uh, and so it's one of those things where, you know, it all kind of impacts. And uh, they was talking about how global warming is affecting workers, like like just people working. And when everybody thinks about, like, the heat rising and stuff, they said people always think about the people that work outside. But they were saying that uh, they found out that uh, this global warming and the heat is actually affecting people to work inside of factories. They said a lot of these factories was made over a decade ago, and they were not built with, like, central air conditioning and things like that. So they would say some of these people are in, in these factories working, like, these very physical labor jobs, and some of the temperatures are reaching, like, over 100 inside of these factories. That's not including the shit outside. You know, they talk about how it affects in productivity and how companies are losing money and people aren't able to work. People calling that sick. It increases uh, injuries. It increases errors and mistakes and things like that. So when you talk about global warming, global warming is more than the world getting warmer. It literally impacts everything. Classic R&B lover says, hi, Rod and Karen. My thoughts on the official weapon of the show is make it weapons with the taser, which is traditionally used against us as a representation of a low point for black people and the folding chair is a representation of our refusal to tolerate any more white bullshit having said that i voted for the folding chair um what uh yeah they talk uh, the reason why we picked the taser because we rather had the taser over the gun right yeah like that's not a low point for black people Mm-mm. getting hit with the taser it's the guns right and the batons <laughs> and the knees and a bunch of other shit but yes <clears throat> Uh, this one, I think is from somebody that wanted to be anonymous. Mm-hmm. Hi, Rod and Karen. I haven't written in in a while. Just wanted to comment on the whole Lizzo situation. I will be honest. I have not done a deep dive into the accusations, but I'm surprised at the number of events being canceled already. It took people decades to e- ever even believe half the stuff about Bill Cosby and R. Kelly. Even with the whole situation with Jonathan Majors, a lot of people were saying they were waiting for evidence. It was his team putting out those texts that made people question what really happened. Apparently, Beyonce removed move Lizzo shout out and replace it with Britney Spears and no, well no that's not true so what happened that night was the one that everybody was was talking about unless there's something brand new okay but I've seen her shout out Lizzo multiple times since that one night where she didn't shout her out and she shouted out Erica Badu four times in, in instead and the reason she supposedly shouted out Erica Badu is because Erica Badu had posted some shady comment about Beyonce on like IG or something. And 
Beyonce already has an Erica shout out in that thing, so she did it four times, and that's why Lizzo wasn't shouted out that night. But then the next night she was back to shouting out Lizzo, and then I watched a recent video where she shouted out Lizzo four times in a row. So, and she said, "I love you, Lizzo." So I, I think people are trying to make something out of this that isn't necessarily there. Um, with Beyonce, I mean. Um, but yeah, it was brilliant. And the cancellation of the concert festival Lizzo was supposed to headline, although I'm aware that was likely about low ticket sales. Also, yeah, I hadn't heard about that. And the news being leaked about her no longer being in the running for the Super Bowl. As you have noted on the show, what she is being accused of is why there's human resources, why did we, they discourage fraternization between the boss and employee. And some of the accusations aren't even about her, but about her lead dancer. I also agree if it were any other artist, people would be like, well, of course you can't gain 30 pounds of dancer and X, Y, Z. Or it seems like a fun night to me. That, yeah, I, just, I really think that's true. And I just... I just, I can't shake that part of it. And part of that's because of her, the way her image has been set up. But part of that is also the fact that people have felt like they've quote unquote tolerated her being a fat diva. They haven't really like accepted her into the fold of like, yeah, this is the same as Beyonce to me. This is the same as so-and-so. So it's like, no, 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 no. You got to be nice. We let you be fat already. You can't be fat and a bitch, you know, right. <laughs> like, like <laughs> pick a pick a struggle. You know, that's how they're doing. But meanwhile, we celebrate and go up for so many women we call divas for be doing fucked up shit to people. We're like, mm-hmm. isn't it funny how um, Aretha Franklin would stick her arm in the door of, of a meeting and go to AC is on and then leave and not talk to the meeting? And we'd be like, yes, that's what I'm talking about. But. If that was Lizzo, we'd be like, what the fuck? Like, what a mean person she is for that. You know? <laughs> we laugh at beautiful gowns as a as a shady comment about Taylor Swift. We, you know, um, we we laud, you know, Beyonce's work ethic and how hard she pushed herself and her dancers to get in shape and do Beachella. Like, it's a double standard. No one's gonna talk about it because at the end of the day people kind of been waiting for Lizzo to to have a, a blemish, you know, so they could kind of go in. Yes, because they never, re- a lot of people just never respected her anyway. They never cared too much for her anyway. She basically was a reflection of a lot of things that a lot of people have these personal internal struggles about themselves. Like they yo-yo with their weight or whatever it may be. And then you have a lot of people that are fat phobia, you know, fat, have fat phobias where they just feel like, well, I've never had a struggle with it. You know, just lose weight. Just put the fork down. Like like the shit is, quote, unquote, always that simple, you know, because they've never had the, the personal struggle with losing weight. So they just think it's it's a, quote, unquote, character flaw with you. And that's all it is. You just don't have the willpower, whatever it is. All those collective groups of people came together and was like, okay, now we can, quote, unquote, now we can talk about her. Because a lot of them just shut the fuck up and just let people party because they was like, well, cool, you know, I feel this way, but I'm just going to let you rock. But the second you fuck up, all of us are coming out the woodworks. And that's what happened. Uh, But, yeah, uh, I do think this will go the Ellen Show way of them just canceling themselves out in that I know the dance world is very small. I wonder if they win, if, even if they win, will they get work again, especially since given there's so little demand for plus size dancers? Yeah, I think the hard part for them is going to be proving Liz, Lizzo's complicity just from reading the lawsuit, you know, because I went and read a lot of it. Um, 
so much of it is about their internal monologue and that part is going to be hard for them to prove like mm-hmm. it's the court don't care she was that. supposed to know that i felt a certain way about something and the court is like prove it yeah yeah but some of that stuff to me is like if this was a real regular like everyday workplace that we expect the hr department and nine to five she would be in trouble for real for real because you just can't do that shit in other places but i don't think people look as at entertainment spaces as regulated workplaces like most of us do and um it's gonna be interesting to see what prevails in court but once again the damage is done the accusation is enough for most people to go yep it's the worst version of this and it doesn't matter what anyone says so that that, you know job is done Mm -hmm. Uh, this conspiracy theory part of me also thinks that it's a two-part issue that's going on where there are people who that do feel like she was supposed to be different. She was supposed to be nice. She's a larger person herself. So how dare she tell another dancer they can't gain weight? Also, it's a double-edged sword. When your persona is the nice and sweet person, if people find out you're not so nice and sweet, then it comes when it comes to work or business. And maybe you are stern and very matter-of-fact, then it creates a dissonance. They think you should be sweet at all times. The whole Ellen thing seems to be, oh, she's only sweet and bubbly on camera, but isn't so nice behind the scenes. But if your persona is about being no nonsense and taking no crap, then people don't care. I don't know. It's weird. Hopefully, I've explained this correctly. No, I'm with you. I think so. I think also it's very gendered women need to be maternal they they're supposed to be our moms and yeah and men don't have to give a fuck men can just come i've 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 been in working environments where a boss has bought not not my boss but a boss had bought like other people and just flat men and just flat cussed them out where everybody could hear it and nobody said a motherfucking thing about him being a dick an asshole or any of that shit the motherfucker kept his job but you let a woman do that thing they would demand that she be fired so yes a lot of this is is, is gendered you know and and women that are really stern like that they're called a bitch a lot of women just accept well, but i just be a motherfucking bitch do your goddamn job it just takes <clears throat> there's just an extra hit to a woman who does something like that Mm-hmm. you know that just is it's just i it's it's not fair and it never will be is the reason that chef gordon ramsay can can cuss everybody out we don't have an equivalent of a show starring a woman in the in the cooking field not i'm not right where she's yelling at people and berating them uh look at the way we have gone back and re litigated tyra banks on america's top model like she was some like she like that was the only show where people were mean it's like nope. no all those contest shows, people were just going in on people, but they weren't all women. The women are the ones that pay. The the motherfucking dude from um, America's Got Talent or whatever that that, that dude was, uh, Simon, mm-hmm. he's fucking horrible. He's very mean to people. Yes, he is. But he don't pay for being mean. We we pay him to be mean. Yes. Um back to this though but the other part of me does feel there's a deeper agenda at play i'm not sure if y'all are aware of what's called a manosphere are we aware we've talked mm-hmm. about it before they have been very against lizzo and her body positivity movement and that they felt that like her telling people to embrace and love themselves regardless of their size is causing women to gain weight and think it's acceptable to be overweight or obese this is not anything i agree with obviously and feel it's a very toxic and dangerous movement for men i think this is essentially almost like a brainwashing cult and that especially black men are being indoctrinated into to this is also the root of what a lot of these male podcasts are spouting so it seems like she's getting it from all sides some of the people spout, shouting to cancel her were never fans of her in that how, how dare a plus size woman be sexual or show her body and it's so sad to see again this whole thing is why i'm neither friends 
or on social media with any supervisors at work, nor would I ever hang out with them outside of work. I've had friends at work, and even 10 years later after leaving the job, we're still friends. But one, I wasn't a supervisor subordinate situation. And two, it took years to get to that point. Right. I was also younger, so older and wiser me wouldn't. And that even being friends and hanging out with coworkers can be messy, but thank God, goodness, I've never had any work drama or messiness. Sorry so long, but every time I think the right about it, I get distracted. No problem. No, no problem. And I, and I do feel you like that. You know, like I said, I've never really had jobs, so they kind of fraternize us out of work. But, you know, even when they do, I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. And everybody think I'm the oddball, but it's one of those things where I'd rather be the oddball by myself and just keep away from all of the trauma and drama than to try to be up in the mix and then something goes wrong. And then all of a sudden you involved in some shit that you may or may not actually want to be involved in over some other people's bullshit. Yeah, uh, someone brought it up in the chat, but uh, it reminds me of when Serena Williams threw that tantrum and everybody, you know, in the tennis world admonished her and went in. And meanwhile, there's many examples of like Garagos and other, you know, some beloved people, John McEnroe and stuff, throwing these tantrums and they don't. Like we love them for the tantrum. It's it's like it's not just a it's a double standard that is deeper than just, well, I always find it distasteful. No. Certain people get by on being the asshole. We're like John right. McAfee was an asshole and we love that he's an asshole. Serena Williams flipped out and we were like, You fucking bully. How dare you? Mm-hmm. Like a gorilla, all types of shit. Had articles out. Yeah, that. it like and so it's that double standard of it. But once again, that's not to excuse you know, if it if any of that stuff is true about the the which honestly I don't know what's true and what's not yet. Uh, we'll see what evidence, what they can prove, and what evidence and witnesses they have. But I think the general thing that does seem to be true is that there are people who are like Lizzo is not the image she presents to sell music. She's actually no nonsense and can be mean about it. And if that's the case. Not a death penalty to me. It's and just kind of like either. a, yeah, that, that, I can see that, you know. But to a lot of people, it's a death penalty. It's like you, you're not supposed to be able to be like that if we believe you're better than that. Yeah, and it's also one of the things, I'm a generational thing. I, and my thing, I do, I can understand both sides and I can understand her going, but that's the job. Like, okay, now, yeah, but like yeah, you say, I know, when the lines get blurred, it becomes a problem. But there's also people that are just like, she's just rude. She's just nasty. That's that's not even about this lawsuit. You right. know, the woman that came and said, I was going to do a documentary, but she was so mean. I'm not going to say specifically anything she did, but she she is not nice. And it's like, okay, so maybe she's not nice. Like, that that's kind of the Ellen thing for me. And yeah. I still feel strongly about the Ellen thing where I'm like, I know why the rest of y'all were mad. I just don't agree with it. I just it it's we're we're mad that we ate the fucking uh we were mad that we bought the fucking, you know, uh lie or the image and then we're like, this is not what this person really is and I I guess I'm just tired of being mad about that stuff. I'm like, I just don't be believing it in the first place. Mm-mm. I don't, you know, I try not, I try to do my best to not even go on here and get too much into the personal, like this person must be a good person. Right. I don't know. I don't know. Them. I'm never really surprised one way or the other. I'm happy when people seem to be good people behind the scenes, but I don't know. And of course people's experiences vary. Evie says the sentence is a turd. Abby says Jesus was overall okay, guys. It seems, of course, this seems way too little hateful for the hardliners. I don't know what this means. 
Uh, Jesus was overall an okay guy, as it seems. And, of course, this seems I, way I too hateful. I don't know hateful. who was talking about personalities. I don't know. You have to remind us. I don't remember. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, Jesus, Jesus. Uh, something to provoke that comment. Yeah. Jesus was supposed to be the perfect dude that people didn't uh, want, wasn't supposed to want to kill. He, uh, heavyweight says Eminem was loved by black. Oh, because if I'm not mistaken, on this episode we was talking about. Uh, uh, were we talking about Jamie on this one too? I don't remember. I don't think so. Okay, never mind. No, I think it's Jesus was too woke for evangelicals. Was what we talked about. Yes, 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 but, yes, yes. Oh, so I, I see what she's saying. Mm-hmm. Saying he was just an okay guy for people that are hardliners, they will think that's hateful, right? I don't care. I'm not a hardliner. Heavyweight says Eminem was loved by black people more than any other white rapper for a myriad of reasons that separated him from the rest. Besides his obvious skill, he was there with he was where, from where niggas was from. And even though he came up in the culture, he, he didn't adopt some weird ass black scent. He rose through hard work. He wasn't picked out of the box by AR that needed a white act. He used his platform to put on other black rappers and he was able to thread the needle of black parallel whiteness that we love. So, same as Paramore. It was a minefield, but he more than any other white rapper was equipped to navigate. Yeah, I think it's just I just find it weird. I and I go. I know it's complicated, and I empathize with other black people, but I find some of this shit to be so, so weird to me to to like want to punish white people all the time for nothing. Like, I, I mean, I guess if you have an endless reservoir and that's how you cope with the world, but to me, that's not. I don't. I always felt like. There's something, I don't want to call it anti-black, but it's something you don't really understand the power of our culture if you keep thinking our culture is an insular experience that does not run the world. I just, like, then what do you think, why do you think our shit is so flawed then? You think we the only motherfuckers that's going to ever be influenced by it? No, we are the shit. It's a motherfucker that don't speak English that's rapping right now. It's because we are that fucking yes. great. So I don't have this hang up of, wow, other people are coming into our thing and doing it. It's like basketball to me. When I see a European player or a Spanish player or Australian player coming to the NBA, I feel great. I'm like, you know who made that person and inspired them? It wasn't uh, Naismith. You know, it was Magic Johnson. It was Michael Jordan. It was blackness that made that person go, I want to dunk that basketball. Giannis Antetokounmpo was over here because of the dream team. Right. You see what I'm saying? So, like, I feel like we shortchange our own culture when we try to turn it into this. When we try to manage our culture the way white people gatekeep their culture, to me, I feel like, one, it's impossible. Correct. But, two, it's nonproductive. And, honestly, you're not really respecting the artists that do this work because the artists are trying to go global. They're trying to influence the world. They're trying to spread the word about where they come from, who they are, and how they get down. So what are you really saying? What do you really want when you're like, I need to disrespect or push this person out of culture, especially one that doesn't violate? I get why we push Iggy Azalea out of the culture. Right. Obviously, that's an easy one. But when you have somebody that essentially plays by the rules, acknowledges their privilege, puts on for black folks, doesn't disrespect, doesn't, you know, never preaches to us, never gets caught up saying no, like stepping out of line and trying to 
pre- like talk to us or talk down. Hey, man, welcome to the party. Let's move the fuck on. You know, that's how it felt for me with Eminem. And so it just feels like, yeah, it just feels like it's misplaced aggression to try to like find some reason that he's not that good or he's not part of hip hop. It just feels like people are being pressed. Yeah, and also it's one of those things where when you talk to like artists, artists, a lot of them are influenced by a variety of shit that's outside of their life. Because the thing about hip hop, it came, you know, particularly once we got to a certain era, it came from a lot of our experiences in blackness you know our experiences with the police you know where we're from that's how you got the new york rap the down south rap or whatever it is and the thing is when you get these other cultures that uh come in uh they have their own experience and a lot of them want to put their own touch on rap from their own personal experience i think they should have the right to i think that for a lot of black people shout out to white supremacy uh, it impacts them so bad and it's ingrained in them so bad that they feel like anybody that comes in here, you're just going to take and strip and run away. But like any other quote unquote collection of music, people take it in, and it mo- it always morphs into something else. And we've had interlopers. We've had the fake people. I get it. Mm-hmm, it's I just Eminem's not one of them. Mm-mm. So I don't get it. Like if you want to be mad at Justin Timberlake, I understand ju- that shit because yes. it is, it does feel like they dabble in it for like a it's not part of their culture they don't love it that way yes and when it's time they like they've capitalized on what they can they want to get out justin bieber wants to get back out and 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 he doesn't really respect us or the culture and all that i get that eminem's just not that that's all i'm saying it's very like there's not a lot of these people that's like that so when you make a point of trying to get him it's more to me shows your lack of either knowledge about him or your lack of uh, hip hop like understanding, but it's but it, it just it, or just your thirst to be like I need to be seen as the most pro black person of all time. Even Eminem is terrible to me. It's like okay, I guess, but you sound like a person telling me Larry Bird won shit, and and it's just like. Well, I have eyes, and I watched basketball in the eighties, yeah, and Larry Bird was, was busting all my favorite black people's asses. Whitney, so, though, so and it wasn't whiteness yeah. busting their ass. It was two Larry, inches off of the ground and giving it a business. It wasn't white people busting his ass. It was Larry Bird busting their ass, and I respect Larry Bird because if I start disrespecting them, then I'm saying I don't really respect Michael Jordan, and I don't really respect Magic Johnson because he busted their ass. I don't really respect uh, Isaiah Thomas. No, that's not true. I respect all of them, and Larry Bird just was that dude. It is what it is. Right, and my thing is, I like I said, I understand why people feel, you know, certain ways and things like that, but I am not the type of person that feel like everybody should just be kicked out. Like, I don't function in that in that way. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, let's see. The poll was, what should the official weapon of the show be, the taser or the folding chair? Mm-hmm. 76% of people said the folding chair, 24% the taser, and very similar. We're going over to the folding chair, y'all. The official okay. weapon of the show. Is now the folding chair. Gonna now, y'all to know it's going to take Karen a while. Yes, it is, y'all. And we're going to adjust, but we'll get it, Karen. Because it, it, you know, it, you know, I've been saying it for so long. It's like it's it's, it's like how you going autopilot. Well, we used to not have. It'll be funny when you fuck up, and we just <laughs> we used to not have a official weapon on the show, so we'll just learn. It'll be fine. Uh, that's true. That's true. Um, the Q and A. Don't move on, Disney. Stay petty. And don't I, move on. And they, y'all, y'all. Ron DeSantis said, can y'all please just let this go, move on? 
why they why did they sue for damages Friday? Goddamn, go get them, Mickey. They added them damages in there, y'all. Get them, Mickey. <laughs> we wants the money. I love it. Go after all of your cheese. The right. ha- the the house uh uh house mouse. Yeah. Move on from this shit, bitch. <laughs> See you in court. <laughs> See you in court. Where's my cheese? Uh, Vader says, hey, y'all, completely agree with the official weapon update, but that reminds me. It's about time for a recap of the bullet ball story. Been listening forever, but love when y'all go over it. It is about time. Uh, Ty Flojan says, pet to the T. Uh, ah! Jane says, Ron, you don't want to catch these white mouse glove hands. Mickey Mouse voice. Oh. <laughs> Ron, you don't want to catch these white mouse glove hands. <clears throat> Uh, fuck DeSantis, says Jeff. A punk ass from Jump turned on Trump, now wiped out on Disney. Wimped out on Disney. Just goes to show you just how many of these Trump kiss asses are cowards and dumbasses. Lock him up, Jeff in Japan. And the thing is with him, he could have did all the shit and not fuck with Disney, and the mouse would have been fine. They would have been fine. But like, like literally, but he specifically targeted them. Yep. And the mouse was like, "Oh, bitch, you're gonna embarrass me? What?" Raphael says, I just listened to the second episode of Diaspora Wars on Drake the Maniacs. Rob, my brother, as soon as you began spitting, it was over for me. Man, y'all are just too much. We need DeSantis to ban this podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. Drake the Maniacs is CRT. It is. Uh, yes, it is. Toy says, stay petty. Someone needs to humble that crazy-ass Florida man. Kenneth says, dissing M is like rolling the ball out to the professor thinking you about to clown the white boy and the big weenie song is the same as typing K on a long thread. Yes. <laughs> oh, two great observations. Yes, yes, and yes. Um, and, and the thing for M for me is like, I've never, like, I've listened to the professor kind of talk about being on tour and stuff. And it's, what I think people don't recognize because most people aren't that talented or anything. Right. It's hard to be better than people while acknowledging you're also getting a boost from like just general privilege. Right. Because on the basketball court in the fucking, you know, battle arena for, for rap on a track, there is no privilege at that point. So when the professor crosses you up, he's crossing you up regardless of what your skin color is or his is. It's just a skill thing. Now, if motherfuckers go and buy his shit more than your shit because they just, they're like, also, I like that he's white. All they can do is acknowledge that. But they're not going to pretend to be sorry. They're not going to be like, well, actually, I'm not that good, but people just think I'm white. Because... For those motherfuckers, it ain't about that. For some motherfuckers, it is. It's absolutely just all you are is white. You're not very talented, and motherfuckers just want to see a white boy win. Right. Unfortunately, that, it ain't all of them. Mm-mm. So that you could be right about so many other rappers, but it's not. It's never gonna be that for him. Unfortunately, for the people that want it to be that way. King Entropy says to the tune of Aerosmith, Janie's got a gun. Jesus got a gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah a few people hit us up on twitter to say they like the jesus wicked uh, <laughs> yeah, thank you all right last episode of the week we did five episodes this week it's a big week we did my nigga episode 2755 black supremacist 
we got six comments. Jamel Scorpio says, I think it's safe to say that the teacher will land on her feet. Once Dr. Umar puts the final touches on his school, ah, she going to be waiting forever then. There's no doubt in my mind she and is fit to be principal of his school. It's still a big box with no lights. <laughs> why Why do you think also he can't? On the Truth Boulevard. <laughs> why do you think he can't make the uh, school, Karen? I, don't, I mean, I think he'll be fine. Why do you need white man paperwork? Lord have mercy. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Why do you need white man paperwork? Get them lights turned on. How the kids go see? He don't need white man paperwork to do that, Karen. Oh, he God. You got to school, school up in candlelight. Got that school up in no time. Mm-hmm. I guess. Abraham Lincoln read by candlelight. If it was good enough for old honest Abe, it's good enough for me. Apparently so. Uh, but he is who he is, and we'll have her teaching home economics. That's true. He's not going to let her teach whatever she uh-uh. was teaching. Uh-uh. Don't give a damn about your degrees. Right. She got to teach people how to cook and do clothes. And clean and press and iron and shit. And so... Also, that cow story deserves a 75, at least due to their lazy racism. They missed a golden opportunity to be at least be funny with their racism. I mean, Jigga Moo was right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess it's too much to ask to make you chuckle with the blatant racism. Uh, Brooklyn Shoe Bay says, oh, my fucking God, that t- Texas teacher, she was wilding with every post of hers you read. I pinched my nose and shook my head while mumbling. Oh, no, baby. What you what is you doing in my Karen voice? What is you doing? Oh, sis, why? How every post got worse and worse. Also, why she dry snitched on how many guns her man got on Twitter? She was wilding. And I don't know why she was wilding. For no reason. I don't get what was in it for her. Nothing. You didn't benefit from anything but, but losing the job. It me, It's me says the Republicans keep talking about how indictments are bad. Never done before. Blah, blah, blah. Yet, they tried to find something on Hillary and know she wasn't president, but if they could have indicted her and put her on trial, they would have all yes, of them. They would have. Yeah. They definitely kept looking into that Benghazi shit and wasting our time. This Hunter Biden shit is a waste of our fucking time. Just wasting taxpayers money. Sean says that road rage incident from guest the race would have been the best meet cute for a TV series. Maybe call it beef and cast Ali Wong and Steven Yoon. Uh, you're talking about the, uh, paint, the spray paint one. Mm-hmm. Evie says no matter what reason Kiki broke up with her son's father I hope it wasn't to please these people on social media because the same people hyping her up now are going to be the same people who will try to cancel her the first time she says something they don't like yes yes. yeah and I'm hearing mixed things cause like I also saw a new report where her boyfriend slash baby daddy whatever said hey I didn't contact any blogs about us breaking up or our relationship so now it's like who knows? Like, I, honestly, at this point, my highest hope is that they're in on it together, like Offset and Cardi B for jealousy, where they're just capitalizing on the pandemonium and that somehow, unbeknownst to us, this nigga has the, he has learned some type of lesson or he has the highest tolerance for being just seen as a fucking public cuck that we've seen in a, in a long time. Because, you know, it's hard for any human being to be demeaned by the person they're with in public at for a long time. Like, I, I know people, you know, we like Kiki and we don't know him, but it's very few people on the planet that can take public ridicule for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. Even if they know, like, oh, well, this is part of the brand now. So 
I don't know what's happening. We don't really know these people. I hope it's all good and that everything's cool with their family and their baby and stuff or, you know, whatever. But I, I'm, you know, I, who knows what's happening? Right. DJ says, didn't Texas lower their standard to become a teacher a while ago? Figures Dr. Hadassah would get herself a job teaching the babies to not use the white man's cotton products. <laughs> ah, I like the cotton products. Oh, no, not Dr. Hadassah. Um, we love we love to see it. Um, uh, I can't even judge the lady after all the racist non-black teacher run-ins in my school, school career. If only she hadn't posted it online. Yeah, I mean, I think we're all saying she shouldn't have posted it online. I mean... Her being a secret racist that doesn't like interracial dating seems kind of, I'll say this, within the black community, not that uncommon for people to feel that way. So, And I'd be looking at them like, a word? This is what we do? Okay. I'm not, I'm not arguing with it. Or I just know it's not that uncommon that people are like, mm-mm, I, I don't like that. But to put it on social and to, to tell people, you were really feeling yourself that day or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, the poll, are Kiki Palmer and her boyfriend really broken up? Yes, 65%, no, 35%, and the exact same basically on Spotify. So most people do think they broke up. I, I have no idea still. I don't. I have no fucking idea. Yeah, I would be like, I don't know. Every day I read something new and be like, I don't know. They was at a party together. Okay, I guess maybe everything's cool, you know? Uh, lastly, I enjoy being a racist. I'm never changing. That was quite oh, quote no. for the episode. That's what she said, Karen. Uh, Jane says, that has to be one of the weirdest and worst sex texting foreplay I've ever heard from Rudy Giuliani. Wouldn't it bad, though? Yeah. Those are my tits. I own those tits. But what can I say? I don't know anything about sexting. Uh, there's an, like, maybe it would be hot if it wasn't Rudy Giuliani. I don't know what y'all be playing with in y'all phones, you know? Like, that might be... Ah! Like, 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 how much we, can we truly separate the art from the artist when it's Rudy Giuliani? Because I just keep seeing this gross man with black goo leaking down his face in them Frankenstein shoes, and it wouldn't matter what he said. Come on, like maybe yeah. if I imagined it was somebody sexy talking to somebody else sexy, and it was like I own them titties, them my tits. You ain't gonna give them tits to nobody but me. I'd be like, God damn, this motherfucker is spitting. But it's Rudy Giuliani. He could have said. Hey, how you doing this morning? I'll be like, ugh. Yeah, he did not turn into to to Corvo from uh uh Solar Opposite. He didn't turn into like into like somebody like what 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 the uh quote unquote standard American sexiness is for white men. Yeah, I I just ugh. Mm. Um anyway, back to this. Uh there Aaron says there's an SNL skit where they have black and white news reporters getting points whether the suspect is white or black. Yeah, everyone sent that to us to say it was like guess the race. And they stole from y'all and all this shit. Keisha says, shh, don't say the quiet part out loud. Ah! Raphael says, award-winning episode. I was dying and didn't have time to recover one story after another. I laughed so much I couldn't think of a scheme to hustle. Read Rudy Sex in Stephen A. Smith voice, please. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't have... I don't have him in front of me. <laughs> uh, I also feel like Stephen A. couldn't do it because he would need a long ass preamble about how, you know, <laughs> he'd be like, "Now nah, I love those titties. Okay, those are some of my favorite tits of all time. Uh, me and those titties go way back. You know, I I was on the phone with those titties the other night, and they are good. They some good dudes. So those are some good brothers." 
But however, those titties are mine. It's that simple. It's that simple to me. Those are my titties, and nobody else can get. I don't care if they give him a business card. I don't care if they like. I just feel like he be he be saying it like that. He got to do a. He got to tell you how nice he likes the titties before he can get mean. Okay, I don't feel like Stephen A. Sex talk got to start with a, 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 a paragraph of 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 course uh, preloaded. You know. Uh, before I give that black female teacher a zero or one hundred, who snitched on her? I might have missed it. She snitched on herself. She put it on social media. She put it on social media. Gwen says, "I'm not a racist." Well, good for you. Congrats. <laughs> <laughs> Did you listen to the episode? You just started talking. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 so they came out the woodworks going, "I, I, I, not me." There's a reason there's quotes around it. You weren't curious to listen to the show and know. <laughs> Why we were what we were quoting and what we, we just I'm not a racist. Okay, Gwen, we weren't talking about you. No, I promise we wouldn't call you one. Mucho Mama says she know that. Also, Gwen makes me think you are a racist. The way you answered that don't seem right to me. I just want you to know the not fact me. you the fact you thought it was about you and you not need it. To, you need to clear your name, Gwen. I'm gonna I'm look at your little little suspect now. Gwen was like, "Get him to take my name off the board." Keenan says, "Damn, they done got Tim Scott. Tis tis, they done got him. What happened? I don't know." Uh, and Rachel says, "Mm-hmm. Some people's children." Sigh. Yep. Uh, all right, let's move on to the voicemails. Uh, these voicemails are brought to you by Joystick Angels. Okay. If you love space adventures, retro gaming, and mind-blowing artwork, check out Joystick Angels by Ray Comics, R-A-E. Meet five skilled cadet pilots, Deuce, Tank, Legs, Dragon Netty, and their leader, Fox. Train their whole lives to confront an evil alien force that ravaged Earth. They're now facing the ultimate test. Are they truly prepared? Joystick Angels are from the minds of writer artist Ray, comics CEO TJ Sterling, and MIT music producer and composer Spencer Sterling. The siblings are raising money for issues two and three, and the Kickstarter is packed with perks, including Ray Comics completed flagship series, Okamus, uh, O-K-E-M-U-S, Okamus Dark History, and Shattered Visions, along with a, a Joystick Angel soundtrack composed by Spencer. Support indie comics and embrace the colorful young uh, adult adventure. Why? Young adult adventure while uplifting indie black creators. The Kickstarter is live until September 22nd. Contribute now. Find the links in the show notes to support. All right. Now let's get to these voicemails. We only got from one person, but I think they left three voicemails. It's our girl, Allegra. You know how she do. She like leaving three. Hi, Ron and Karen. It's Allegra again. <laughs> um, this is, I often am talking to you guys, uh, you know, whilst listening to your um, podcast, but uh, I'm deciding to be a little bit more engaged. I promise it won't be like every week calling, but I'm res- I'm wanting to respond um, to your response to my response on the feedback. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, to quote Karen, if there weren't LGBTQ people around, life would be boring. I know that sounds um, like I'm piggybacking on on y'all. 
Oh, why did it stop? Oh, did she get cut off? What happened? She not had so it's like it just okay let's go to the next one maybe something happened with her phone and then that one got cut off that was one second oh my gosh it's allegra i'm annoying myself sorry guys <laughs> um i don't know what happened uh so i just want to say that i love the football reference rod um and i also like the uh point of not being accepting you know, and realizing that when you're not accepting of this um, bigotry in these types of groups, then you get kicked out of the group. It's so funny because what I was starting to say was that you guys tend to say or talk about things that have been on my mind or that I'm talking about amongst my friends. And it's fascinating to me because it feels like we're all on the same wavelength and just uh talking it out you know in whatever platform or way that we can so i love that um and so that was the thing for me is like when i realized because i was devoutly in church loved church was really into it um but when i realized it there was an aspect of ostracization i was like uh no especially because most uh I'll say a good chunk of my family was part of the LGBTQ community. I grew up with this. And for me, it was like, how am I going to ostracize people that I love, that have loved me, that have cared for me? And just because they love in a different way than I do, like, it just makes life more interesting to me because then you have people that have different perspectives and that's what you would want, right? We're supposed to be striving for some sort of individuality, but what ends up happening is if you're not part of the pack, you get kicked out. And so I've never been a big fan of that because I've rarely been part of the pack. So in that way, I could relate to the LGBTQ community. Well, actually in that way, in another She got cut off and she didn't call back, but yeah, I feel you. You know, I think at least for me, a lot of stuff like me and bossy talk about this a lot we've like listened to some podcasts and 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 stuff about it but so much stuff is religious now even stuff that's not religion i agree so a lot of the social media like stuff we see with piling on certain like i'll give you a good example eddie glaude is getting roasted this week got roasted like it was poof they unleashed the flames on this man and eddie gloud is a dude that proudly did not vote for hillary clinton in 2016 uh was very obstinate about it foolish in my opinion but after hillary lost he came back and apologized did a mea culpa, said I fucked up, you know, I, I, I clearly underestimated white people, blah, blah, blah. Right? That was, at this point, three years, long, 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 it was like 2017 he said this shit or something. Okay. And for me, as much as I, y'all know how I felt about these motherfuckers. You go listen to any episode from 2016 to 2017, probably even longer than that, I was so mad. Mm-hmm. But I was prominently like, I, I even I felt embarrassed and ashamed of my 2016 and I was voting for Hillary and was not proud like was not ashamed of voting for her but you know I was like oh we can make jokes because you know she's clearly the best candidate she's gonna win now going back in hindsight no 
it wasn't I wouldn't make those jokes just because I don't feel that way. I, it's always important to me what I do with my vote and the people that hear me talk about it. I want it to feel important to them, too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, my point being, Eddie Glaude did all the right shit to say he was wrong. He's been on TV lately on MSNBC and they been frying his ass on Twitter. Like, you motherfucker, you voted. You didn't vote for Hillary in 2016. Don't nobody want to hear your raggedy ass opinion right now. Da 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 da. And he's been going back and forth with these motherfuckers on Twitter and all this shit. And to me, I haven't participated in it because if I'm being honest, he did what the fuck I wish those people would do. I I'm not I'm not for the social death penalty the way that all these supposed people that are supposed to be like anti you know they're supposed to be pro abolition Mm -hmm. anti-prison you know pro forgiveness and second chances people to kick you out the group but they be it's a it's a religious cult thing that you uh when most of you were minding your business and eddie glaw was doing his job and he wasn't even saying anything problematic as of, Mm -hmm. of anything new but you felt compelled to pile on him you yeah. needed to add into the joke. What is that really about? It's about ostracization. It's about here's a guy we can show is on the outside of the group, and it makes me further entrenched inside of the group. That's the feeling I want to feel is feeling like I'm in the group and he's not. And I think in that way, that is just as much a form of like religion to me um i could go further into some other things i ain't trying to piss nobody off but right everybody has their calling cards and their things to stay in the circle and i think if anything listening to us for years and listening to me specifically i'm sure many of y'all have heard i'm and it comes across sometimes a little too much but i'm very much a yeah i don't really want to feel like i need to belong to any group or circle I just don't. I don't. I want to know how I feel at all times and value that. And as a person that's impacted by nature, I've had to figure out ways to set up boundaries to know what is me versus what is me reacting to everybody else's shit. Right. And so it may come off a little harsh sometimes. It may come off contrarian to people that I lean more away from the crowd. But I just think the crowd be wrong so fucking often. And all just because a crowd is big, don't make it right. And mm-hmm. just because a crowd is full of people that look like you don't necessarily make it right. I'm here for the merits of the argument. I'm not saying people always be wrong because they don't be. But I'm here for the merits of it. And I want to be true to myself. I'm not a vindictive person, really. I'm not mm-hmm. really a petty person. No. I'm not a belligerent person. But I found myself being lost in all of those aspects when I would be either hyper online or hyper focused on social media. And so I've had to pull back. And that's what y'all are often hearing me when I'm referring to social media and online and stuff is is you're hearing my brain work. My inner monologue go, no, 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 no. Something about this don't feel right. And so, yeah, I, I think. In church, it's the ostracization of gay people. It's the ostracization of women. It's the, a single, especially single women. Uh, the ostracization of uh, a lot of stuff, but then a lot of secular stuff is accepted in church and and not given the same treatment. So it is sending a message that's not about the book. It's about what you're willing to tolerate and what you're willing to accept. And 
surprise, a lot of times they're not willing to accept LGBTQ people. A lot of times they're not willing to accept, um, you know, um, women that have sex that don't have a man that's not married. Like, you know, those are your personal things. That ain't got nothing to do with just the book. You chose which ones you are the angriest at because you'll take somebody in church that, hey, he murdered somebody, but he gave a great testimony. But let somebody be fucking gay. It's nothing they can ever do to get that same love from y'all. They got to change themselves, you know? Like, it's it's wild to me. And also, it's one of those things where you was talking about the, the dude on Twitter who, uh, uh, a TV pundit. Eddie Glock. Eddie yeah. Glock. I think I've realized about uh, uh, that dynamic, too, is a lot of times they don't care about the truth because most of those people going at him don't care or saw and ignore the apology. So yeah. and, and the thing is, it was years ago. Right. So, like, people are like, well, I didn't see this apologist. Like, well, the time for him to do it was years ago. He apologized. Now they're like, I need you to apologize every single time you're anywhere. It's like, you know, that's that's a religious thing. That's like doing a penance. That's like doing the rosary every time. Mm-hmm. I don't need that from you. Right. You say you're sorry. It, I thought we were people that fucking said accepted. I'm I'm a sorry. Sometimes I thought that was a, we're supposed to be the good guys, the good side. It's like yeah, you fucked up. Cause if you're fucking telling me it's okay for someone to be a fucking murderer, but be back on the streets in the community because we believe in restoration, we believe in second chances. Then don't tell me somebody can't fuck up publicly on just a social issue. Right. And, 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 but I gotta be mad at this nigga the rest of my goddamn life. That's not, that is not congruent with who you say you are. And I think that's what's, what I find interesting. And it's the hypocrisy that, 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 that always, I can't shake. It's that, that's what it is. Right. And it's also, I know for me, you know, when it comes, you know, to a lot of that, I'm like you, I started pulling back. I started separating myself. I am still online. But and I've never been online as much as Roderick. Uh, but even when I was heavily online over the years, I pulled back for various different reasons because I too, you can get influenced by people around you so much, it could change your personality, it could change the way you speak, it could change the way you interact with friends and family and loved ones. You can end up picking up um, uh, characteristics of the people around you, even though y'all online, you can still pick up those things and, and and all of a sudden those things affect you offline because a lot of people treat online and offline as though they're two separate entities but like a lot of other shit these lines are blurred and so uh once you blur those lines it can have a heavier impact on you than you think and a lot of people are just in the flat denial that they've been impacted or they won't they don't want to accept it because everybody think that they're too above or they're a special snowflake and they're they're so intelligent that they would quote unquote never be tricked by online but yet we was tricked by some you know some people were tricked by the bots uh when hillary clinton you know was running you know everybody claimed that they're above it but people were tricked you know you still have people you know that be like i'm not gonna vote and shit like that people are tricked and so when you tell them hey this thing this religion that you've actually accepted as the truth is not true it's hard to get people to pull themselves out of something that they fundamentally think is the truth. All that being said, though, I'm not going to ever say anything about this on social media or go against the grain on this Eddie Glaude thing. And the reason is because ultimately 
I like that people, especially black people, are so fucking uh, afraid of more Trump that we are actively policing everybody and going, get the fucking formation because that didn't happen in 2016. And whether it was the Russian propaganda, whether it was niggas just trying to be different and get content out of it, it was way too many people that supposed to be smart and supposed to be speaking for black people that yes. was just out here fucking fucking it off in 2016. And it's finally got to the point where it should have always been where for all that shame doesn't work shit. Well, we shaming the shit out of people this year, ain't we? We shaming niggas for 2016. And that was seven years ago. Even if they apologize, you getting shamed. And I'm not going to push back on it because, honestly, I'd rather y'all be shaming people than being on some, like, nah, man, let's give them, you know, it's okay. Like, nah, fuck it. If these are the two choices, which clearly it is, is either right. we going to fuck off 2024 20, 20, or we're going to fucking go too hard, I'd rather y'all go ahead and go hard. Because to I, me, I at agree. least y'all scared in the right way now. Because y'all motherfuckers weren't scared enough for me in 2016. Nope. And I'll never forget that shit. I'm still mad. Never. Like I told you, that, that fire I couldn't put out. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the last thing. Uh, we got one email. This is a long voice uh, email, but uh, it's a good one that we need to have on the show. Okay. Uh, it's from my girl, Erin, who says, hey, Rod and Karen. First of all, thank you so much, uh, both so much for being so amazing and putting out such consistently excellent content. I've been an avid listener for quite a few years now, and I never miss an episode. Oh. That's sweet. Today I'm writing in response to your episode QAnon versus BlueAnon. A few things. First, I am the one who tagged you in the Facebook post about the Maui wildfires. Yeah, I knew who it was. I didn't want to say it on the air because sometimes people get weird about that. Mm-hmm. You know, so some people are cool with it. Some people, they'll write it and be like, I shared that in confidence in your DMs. I'm like, shit, I didn't know that was going to get you in trouble. I, my bad. Uh, I currently live in LA, but I moved here in 2020 and after having lived on Maui for about five years. Oh, yeah, I remember seeing the beautiful pictures and stuff and the guitar playing and stuff. Yeah, I, I remember that. So I have a deep connection to that island and the people there. Some of my closest friends live there, and I've been watching the devastating situation there, there in a state of horror and deep sadness. I absolutely loved how Karen called a disaster man-made because it truly is. This is all so much unnecessary suffering, uh, directly caused by sickness of colonization, exploitation and greed, extractive practices, stealing of water leading to de- desiccation of the land, climate change fueled by capitalism, etc. And it feels so extra tragic because Maui is such an especially beautiful place and the Hawaiian people are so incredible. Their culture is similar in many ways to the indigenous tribes of the mainland United States, people who live in harmony with nature, whose practices were sustainable and informed by their care for the future generations. Yeah, and I, I always feel weird about it because Hawaii is a place that I really would like to visit one day. Me too. But I always see on social media, people say, don't go there, don't right. visit. They don't want your money. They, tourism is actually hurting them. And so I'm, I guess I'll never go. Um, but, you know, like I was watching a um, thing about food the other day, and it was about 
the ball. I think it's like the ball guys food truck and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, wow. that shit that that looks so, so great. Yes, and all that stuff. But I'm also, you know, I try to be conscious about that sort of stuff. So if people say don't go, I'm just not gonna go. But it's just, it's 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 just interesting because obviously as a black person in America myself. I'm very familiar with, you know, the double-edged sword of capitalism, colonialism, and all of that stuff, and they don't really teach it in school, so we don't necessarily know. It feels more like a vibe of, well, you know some fucked up shit happened. We want to make you the 50th, you know, we want to make sure we got 50 stars on the fucking <laughs> on the fucking flag, but that don't necessarily mean that we respect and will take care of your island and your culture um, that being said, there's a lot of misinformation out there at this time. And that's scary as fuck to me as a person that wants to live in reality and a lot of confirmation bias. Like people, I saw people, so many people were sharing that Joe Biden had, was going to give $700 payments to households that were affected by, you know, this, the, the, the thing about uh, a fire. And they were like, oh, see, this is just what $700 going to do. Look at the Ukraine. They sending money to the Ukraine. And then I saw this wonderful video where this guy broke down the whole thing because in context, it's ridiculous when it's like, there's so many organizations. FEMA's there. There's mm-hmm. they're, they're setting up shelters. The seven hundred dollars is just like another part, one part of a bunch of aid that they're doing there. Right. But it. But people are so thirsty to. But content. Yeah, it's just it's just fucked up. Like we're all angry. Mm-hmm. I get that, and and it's sad. So then they need somewhere for the sadness to go, and it's easier to say it's just Joe Biden's fault or something like that. Then to be like, it's a bunch of shit's fault. And a lot of this stuff started decades ago. Yes. And this is the culmination of decades of people, you know, fucking up. Um, and it feels so extra tragic that okay. Uh, of course, the Aloha spirit is strong as always, and people are coming together with their big, generous, open hearts to take care of one another, and that's all incredibly beautiful and inspiring. But none of this should have happened in the first place, and that's heartbreaking. Nothing can ever make up for all the lives that were lost, all the art, all the ancient Hawaiian history and wisdom that is now in ashes. Rod, I love how you went through some of the conspiracy theories regarding the situation. I follow a lot of accounts of people on Maui, so my feeds have been flooded with every imaginable hot take on this tragedy, and I I've definitely seen Hawaiians and other Maori residents begging people to stop with the crazy conspiracy said. Like Rod said, this is a tragedy. And to to layer all this disinformation on top of it just detracts from the acknowledgement of that. And it's not helpful or productive in any way for helping people cope, heal, and move forward. Yeah, Jason Momoa has been all over this on his Instagram. And I saw a bunch of posts he's been sharing to ward off disinformation because, man, we are such a terrible society, man people really be capitalizing off of this this tragedy mm-hmm. like and and not capitalizing the way you think where it's like they just trying to get some money or something it's even worse because like their their intent is to spread disinformation to to make propaganda to try to convert conspiracy theories to make people i mean try to use conspiracy theories to convert people to their belief system on both sides and so jason momoa has been sharing shit like where people are like, FEMA going to come take your land. They got a rule. And if someone, if you start a GoFundMe, FEMA can take the money. And he's like, this is not true. It's disinformation. Here's, pay attention to this. This, you know, 
And I'm like, it's sad that a dude that ultimately just cares about where he comes from right. and is trying to raise awareness and 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 aid for the people of his homeland and here the fuck he got to spend any time. If he has to spend a second being like, hey, guys, can you stop lying to people? Right. It's a waste of his time. You're not helping. No, you're why, not. And why? Why are you doing this? You know? So... Uh, yeah anyway i'm sorry i'm not trying to be mad about it but um it's like it's like who is benefiting from this right? what is wrong with people what's wrong with you uh that being said and and also like even with us on the show because i like she sent me a long thing about uh this guy that got interviewed and he's talking about how colonialism led to this and all this stuff even me on the show i don't know everything about this mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons i'm not trying to I don't want to just virtue signal like I'm such a good person, guys. And it's really just some shit I'm regurgitating that I learned yesterday. Oh, I listened to the daily two times this week. So now I know everything about Hawaii. I don't. I don't. I know it's more complicated and there are better sources to get informed from right. than, than us here on this podcast. I can tell you why it's a tragedy. I can tell mm-hmm. you why people attempting to capitalize off the tragedy is terrible. Um, right. I understand the fear attached to like, What's going to happen when we rebuild? What's going to happen to this land? What All that stuff. But to to actually act like I'm truly informed as if I've been on the ground there, I'm not. So, you know, I'm glad you wrote in because you have more information than I do. And I'm afraid, I'm more afraid to fuck something up or give misinformation trying to be helpful than to, to have somebody just come in and, and write and tell us like what is happening. Agreed. Uh, all right, back to this. Uh, that being said, there are certain aspects of the situation being reported by reputable news sources about the shocking and widespread negligence that contributed greatly to this ending up being such an abject nightmare of a situation. I think it provides valuable awareness. There's video footage of falling utility lines, which likely caused the fire. And people are, of course, outraged at the electric company for not shutting off the power during the hurricane strength winds. They kept the power on even as dozens of poles began to topple. Yeah, listening to the daily, they were talking about that that people felt like the power should have been cut off earlier, um, and that people knew this was like it's so dry there from just global warming and lack of um, rain and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, you got the hurricane force winds. People been feeling like this was a powder keg situation, and then also on top of that. Uh, the early warning system that they have in place for hurricanes and emergencies, it didn't go off because the person in charge decided it didn't need to go off. When asked about it, even after the fire doubled down and said, I did the right thing and then resigned the next day. So, I mean, that kind of, that's a definitely human negligence situation. Maybe there's some part of this I really don't understand, but I, I don't know how you look in the face of this tragedy and be like, no, there's nothing that we could have done better. Oh, well. No, and there's going to be some accountability. There's going to be a lot of lawsuits and things like that because you have a lot of people, they lost everything. Right. You know, people are literally talking about suing the state, suing the um, electrical company, you know, because you have people on the mainland going, hey, my family member's over there. The fuck is this? And people are going to want accountability because you have people, they lost everything. You have a lot of people that lost loved ones that died. You have a lot of bodies, not trying to find it, that they never recover, that this out to see that drowned you know that that because they were just trying i ain't got nowhere to go but the ocean and couldn't outlast the fire and so people aren't talking about well, these death tolls are gonna be really really high yeah um let's see uh 
Uh, many of the fire hydrants didn't have water in them or the water pressure was so low they were useless so the firefighters didn't even have sufficient water to fight the fires. There, yeah, and so I've, uh, on the daily they were saying a lot of that's because the houses were burning and then the way the houses burned, it caused the water that flowed to the houses to start leaking and then that left less water for the other fire hydrants that they were going to use to fight the fire. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt related to all the water conflicts that have been going on in the island for years. For decades, large agricultural and other companies have been diverting the water for their own purposes, enabled by corrupt politicians, local politicians who line their pockets by looking the other way. There's way more to all this, but I'll leave it there. Secondly, it always blows my mind how people get so caught up in the made-up conspiracy theories when there are so many actual conspiracies happening in plain sight. Corporate greed, political corruption, systemic racism, misogyny, xenophobia, so many kinds to name a few, and of course, they're all interconnected. Third, Rod, your Mickey Mouse voice kills me every time. That took a turn. That was... <laughs> we, were getting, we were getting very serious. I got it. On a funny note. Also, uh, she says, I'll, uh, I'll see you in court, motherfucker. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> and finally, Rod, I've heard you say a few times, your Jesus is as liberal as you are, conservative as you are. Let me say that is a bar. I really relate to that as a person who grew up Catholic, then ran far away from Christianity for most of my adult life, and then came to revisit some of it over the course of the past six years. This is going to sound extremely woo-woo, but I literally heard a voice in my head that told me to focus on Jesus again. And then a couple of hours later, out of the blue, my mom emailed me. I had this message for you rolling around in my head, and I can't get it out. You're supposed to focus on Jesus again. So that was pretty wild, and it led me to investigate who this Jesus, God Jesus was anyway. And the person I discovered was a badass social revolutionary. I was shocked. This is not the way I was taught to see him growing up. But like you said, this Jesus was as liberal as I was. Yeah, it's because mm -hmm. the motherfucker teaching you probably ain't wasn't with all that shit. Right. You know, like the mo like Yeah, ain't teaching Jesus is fighting the power and fighting the man. Right. Right. Because a lot of times in America, churches strive to be the power and be the man. Mm -hmm. And I'm and, you know, especially when you talk about white evangelical churches, it's really strong there to be like, listen, this is about conservative political power. Fuck Jesus. We don't care about him. Right. Jesus will, our Jesus carry AR-15 and fucking make America great again hat and like kills people for protesting. Why? Because that's what we want to do. And that's why we feel like when somebody's talking about turn, turn, turn your cheek, we could be like, what cheek, bitch? Take these bullets. Yeah. Like they don't, they don't really care what that book say. Mm-mm. At the risk of this email getting to Jesus, see, I will share a few things that inspire me about the Jesus story. He taught people to love and take care of each other first and foremost. Taught people to take extra care, extra special care of the most vulnerable amongst us, the widow, the orphan, the stranger, and the prostitute. Don't forget. In, today, prostitute. in today's world, we can also include LGBTQ community, the heroin addict, the gang member, those who are discriminated against and even oppressed because of the color of their skin, their gender, and their sexual orientation. He's still with the marginalized and oppressed those are the outskirts of society. Yes, and that's what's so dangerous, right? Because even the people that truly despise those teachings understand that that's what he stood for. So what do they say? The real oppressed people are us, the Christian, the white evangelical, the conservative. That's the real oppressed people. And that's, you know, it's that conflict is not abuse. Who can be the victim first? It's it's sage still, you know, it's it's like I need to be a victim to show my power. And because if I admit that these other people are victims of things, then I have to admit I'm on the wrong side. Right. So instead, it's like the real victim is me. They are making me 
make cakes for gay people's weddings. And you're like, that's not Jesus would have made that cake, homie. I'm sorry to tell you, but that's just what he would have did. You know, according Jesus, you the one that's telling me the Mr. Infinite Tolerance and turn the other cheek. I'm going to show you love even then you don't do the things I think you should do. That's who you told me he was. He, according to you, he washed the feet of the lepers. He, that's the guy he is. Y'all aren't those guys. Uh, the prostitute, the leper, the tax collector, he dined with them and affirmed their humanity. He loved them exactly as they were. He engaged in all kinds of subversive political acts and broke all sorts of religious laws, all of which led to being murdered by the state. Well, damn. Uh, also, I find it so hilarious about the pastor saying those Jesus quotes were liberal talking points because they basically are. Too good. Oh, my God. These people who would murder Jesus in a heartbeat if they ever met him. Mm-hmm. He embodies everything they hate. I wonder if they'll ever see the light. Probably not. Uh, <laughs> not before they die. Anyways, I know this is a bit long, so thank you for making it through. Appreciate you too very much with all the good things you and yours. Always best, Aaron. Thank yeah, you. and thank you for writing in because, like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I was curious about the Hawaii stuff. I read things, but then there's so much misinformation. Right um out there i appreciate you sending me that link and stuff um and like i said i you know like most tragedies on this show it's not really anything that we have to add that we have to add that you're not gonna hear from better sources other places but um yeah it just seems extremely uh fucking sad and uh preventable (laughs) Or at right. least, or at least to some extent, uh, could have been better. Uh, people could have been. It could have been better handled, so the less people would have would have died. But right, you know. Another thing I watched this. I'm rewatching this week is Fire in Paradise on Netflix. I rewatched. It. It's only 40 minutes. It's on Netflix, but it's a documentary about at that time what I think was the biggest fire or something. Yeah, before this week. I yes. think. I think if not. If not, there's another documentary I watched about a fire that that was the biggest fire. But whatever. Anyway, the point being, watching how that fire spreads, how fast and how uh, unpredictable it is, it's just, man, that shit's scary. And I know it's hard to fathom or imagine it because all we've seen is movie versions of shit and that movies make everything seem manageable. Yeah, fire burns in a straight line. That's not true. But, yeah, that's, that's wild. Um, so... All right, we'll be back throughout the week. Uh, thank you for listening. Check out our sponsors. Get tickets to the live show. We're Yay, so excited. We want to see you. We do. If, even if it's virtually in the chat room, we want to see you. And, uh, yeah, that's it for now. Until next time, I love you. I love you, too. Mwah. Mwah.